Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy. I am joined, uh, as always, by my guy, TC, Tron Carter. How are you today? Hey, Randy. I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, you know, getting these back issues fixed uh, here in Jax, and I've got all the... I'm, I'm in the center of a uh, Club Pro Imbroglio with with all this Omar Uresti stuff. Uh, let me... <laughs> I want to visit both of these things. But before we do, let me quickly thank our sponsor for today's podcast. That is Wine Access. Uh, I think hopefully you heard me, us, talking about it last week. I can talk about it from memory here because I've been spending a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, please. While, while I scramble to bring up, uh, make sure I, I hit what I have to hit, why don't you tell me about what, what makes them so good? How'd you find them? Uh, so I actually... the. We were talking about potential sponsors for the podcast. We had another wine company reach out. We said, no, thanks. And I said, hey, here's here's actually a company that I like. I've worked with before, just bought stuff off their site because there's nowhere good to buy wine here in Jacksonville. Uh, wine Access. And they've got uh, Master Sommelier, uh, Master of Wine, both of those on staff. They've got, uh, like, they're they're basically sourcing stuff directly from vineyards, I'm uh, kind of cutting out the middleman and getting stuff that like I, I've never dreamed of getting from a local wine shop. So I'm not sure how they're getting these allocations, but uh, awesome stuff. You get 15% off your first uh, three purchases. Just go to uh, wineaccess.com slash NLU. They've got a wine club. They'll send you, uh, I think they've got more of a high-end wine club. So you can get uh, two bottles uh, once a quarter, I think, and or you can get four bottles once a quarter. Uh, and then And then they're starting a podcast too. Yes, this week, um, check it out, Wine Access. They're, they're starting a podcast. As you said, wineaccess.com slash NLU. That's to get 15% off your first three purchases. I can confirm we have the NIT tournament coming up, and we're going to do a little wine share. Uh, I actually ordered a couple bottles myself off yeah. Wine Access the other night and could not have been an easier process. I got a nice um, Australian – is it – Shiraz? Shiraz. 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 Yeah. Shiraz, yeah. I got one of those, and I got a Beaujolais uh, oh, from France. and I Burgundy? Uh, yeah. Just how, how, how easy they lay out, you know, this is the wine. This is what makes it good. Yeah. This, these are the notes. This is, you know, what we would recommend pairing it with. Uh, it, it was a great experience. They're so. not stocking crappy stuff. Shipping is included on uh, orders of $120 or any six bottles. Um I've spent like six hundred bucks on there last week. I'm, I've got, I've got thirteen hundred dollars worth of wine in my cart right now. <laughs> trying to build up my cellar a little bit, so go. I want to, I want to keep working with them too because uh, they're they're just they're, there's a bunch of good stuff, and I like the way it's organized on the website. And satisfaction guaranteed. They will credit you for any bottle that fails to impress. So check them out. Wineaccess.com/nlu. That get you 15% off your first three purchases. And uh, if, if you're looking for a new podcast, be sure to check out their new Wine Access podcast dropping uh, this week. We thank them for sponsoring the Trap Draw, and now I'm going to kick it over to Mr. Jeezy. Favorite rapper, favorite rapper, hey, 
Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. <laughs> the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who me? I merge from the Thank you very much, Mr. Jeezy. Uh, TC, tell me about your back. Tell, tell the folks what's been going on with your back. Um, my tailbone was hurting like crazy. Like before we went to Oregon, after Oregon, during Oregon. I remember you couldn't figure it out. You're like, I didn't, like, I didn't bump fall. it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't fall. Um, my butt feels fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything going on in there. Uh, doctor couldn't figure it out. And then he took an x-ray and he's like, oh yeah, like clearly like your, your spine is like tilted. Uh, so I've got some back issues that have been, um, you know, some aggravation caused by the left-handed golf. So they put me on some anti-inflammatory steroids and um, went to go see a chiropractor. My SI joint was all out of whack, got that fixed. It was, that was like instant relief, doing PT, all sorts of stuff. Hoping to play later this week for Solly's, uh, Solly's uh Pre-wedding. Pre-wedding. Yeah, wedding, wedding weekend yeah. celebration. Yeah. yeah. So, our, our boy's getting married. We're giving away our baby boy. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good to hear. Okay, talk to me. What's What's been the reaction to your Omar, your resty? Uh, Randy, so many people are reaching out. <laughs> many, many So people. many. I got I got, I got got two emails just They're today. Saying, Sir, thank you for this In take. addition to a bunch of DMs and a bunch of support from the Club Pro community of Club guys, pros are coming up to you with tears in their saying, eyes, saying, TC, "Sir, thanks for help. Thank, thanks for sticking up for us. Thanks for, thanks for being the voice of the unheard. We got this this sandbagger Omar Uresti coming in and winning our events, and, and they don't like it. Yeah, and he can pay all the dues that he wants and and do all that. But like at the and like yeah, I get that. Like it's within the rules. Is it in the spirit of the rules? I don't mm, think so. That's then there there lies you know the real issue. And you know so and then you know Michael Collins the. The caddy guy DJ said he, and I just spent a couple delightful days with him. He said, we need to have a face-to-face. <laughs> I refrained from saying, like, Michael, like, I don't think we can have a face-to-face because you're, you're only going to get up to my chest. <laughs> you know, I, so I, I, I wasn't going to go there on Twitter. I refrained from saying it on Twitter. I'll say it on here. Um, I he's no, he's I in no, Gainesville. You guys can meet somewhere. I have somewhere. no ill will against Michael Collins, you know? I know. Why was he so... I he, guess he, he used he to caddy... Omar must be boys. I think he used to caddy for Omar mm. back in the day. But, uh, you know, he obviously doesn't anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, Really, I have nothing against Omar other than the fact that, like, he plays slow as shit. His name is Slow... His nickname is Slowmar. And he's played in, like, 600 professional golf events and and... Feels the need to go beat up on club pros. Yeah. I just d- doesn't sit right with me. And, no. and you know, and there's all these people saying the, all the whataboutism, right? Uh, what about all these reinstated amps? I don't like that shit either, you know? like Right. It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can just focus on one thing and then fix that, and then we move on to the next thing. And, I mean, and you know who's kind of skating is Paul Stankowski. For sure. I mean, he won twice on the PGA Tour. Stank, yeah, he Stanko should, chimed in, in in the Twitter responses today. He was what, like, "Hey, I haven't gotten on here in a day or so. It looks like I missed a whole <laughs> lot, Omar." You know, I, I shouldn't I have just, called Omar a scumbag, but I call everybody a scumbag. That's almost a term of endearment, right? Like, you know, somebody yeah. was like, "Like, to be fair, Tron calls everybody a scumbag." So, we, you know. I, I can, I can vouch that we use that term very much uh, in jest and very it, loosely. Yes. It, privately. Like we call each other scumbags all the time. Uh, 
yeah, I don't like it. You know, these guys don't need to be playing in the in against like legitimate club pros. I mean, guys that are running their shop, folding their own merchandise, giving lessons six days a week. It it just doesn't. And doesn't, Omar keeps pointing out, you know, I run a first tee fundraiser, or I give like when I play in pro ams, I give people free free tips, or I give lessons <laughs> here and there to juniors. Like, great, dude. That's, like that's yeah. that's awesome. You know. But like you should try to go hack it on the senior, like on the champions. Yeah, because all you're trying to do is just backdoor into the PGA, into the PGA championship and the senior PGA championship, and then make a paycheck from that. And you're take you're literally taking the place of a club pro that's supposed to be there. Well, I thank you. I I think on behalf of me, I know you know so many others. We can't thank you enough for your courageous stand, and uh, we support you in this ongoing battle. So thank thank you, you. thank you. I appreciate that. did you have any mea culpas from Vegas? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I apologize to all the Nevadans for mispronouncing <laughs> what, ne- Nevada. Instead of Nevada. Nevada. Ooh, I guess yeah. it's Nevada. Desert Duffer has been all over my ass. All sorts of people have been all over my ass. On the, on the, on the refuge, uh, I, the, the, I had mea culpas from the No Laying Up pod this past Sunday. Um, obviously, obviously that... Uh, MGM owns Shadow Creek. Of course. You know, of course. Steve Wynn developed it, and I think he still lives there, but, you know, he was unceremoniously. That was tough. I know he's your boy. It was a tough scene. So, tough scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that, that was, those were the two primary mea culpas. Um, how about you? Well, I think I will just, I think we both should just apologize in general for not having seen The Godfather. We're going to try to, yeah, write that wrong. I've seen part, bits and pieces, but I've never, I've never watched all three all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and then you and I have both not even been to Vegas, so I, which is unacceptable on my part. I used to work in the hotel business. I, like we have no reason. We would love Vegas. We have no reason not to go there. Yeah, just it just hasn't. I've never been to New Orleans either. That I would. I no, would. I love want you to apologize. French before. food. I love yeah. oysters. I love live music. I think that's more egregious than I know. And, and we're only Las what Vegas. like six hours from there right yeah. now. Um, Once this whole vid thing is over with, we need to. We need to pop over there. Yeah, uh, you know, I know, I know. We got to let give the folks a peek on on who we efforted for the pod this week. But anything else we need to cover before before we get there and get into our conversation? Yeah, I want to address the Braves' loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt, I've been texting quite a bit with Max Homa this week. You know, he him thinking that he's going to get under my skin and stuff. And I said, first of all, Max, like I gave up on the like I stopped rooting for the Braves. Like if if they win, great, but like. Them being up 3-1 and, and losing the series, like, that was the most predictable outcome possible. <laughs> like, I've seen that shit happen so many times with Atlanta sports teams that, like, it's it's just, like, preordained. So I just want to get that out there. Like, if anybody thinks they're getting under my skin by, you know, reaching out, oh, Atlanta. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's that's the reality. Did you watch any of the games in the end? No, absolutely not. They have a fun team. They might win... 14 straight division titles again. Not really, but they do have a very talented well, team. Well, the scumbag uh, GM that got ousted, he, he, he started the process, right? <laughs> he was breaking he all the rules, yeah. loaded up the farm system. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. Uh, your Falcons made a move, coaching move, GM move, yeah. finally. I know yeah. you were that was fantastic. glad to see that. It we had talked to be about done. that a little bit last week. Okay. Um, you know, and then they they promptly blew out the Vikings, and they're they're gonna do the same thing they did last year. They're gonna play hard now, and they're gonna they're gonna ruin a good draft pick. Yeah, 
LA, Southern California. What's yeah. Your, what's your experience there? Mm, tourist sauce. I think when we flew in. You insisted upon seeing the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I love the Hollywood sign. We're going to ask our guests about the Hollywood sign. Um, that is the first time I had spent any time in Los Angeles. Was the And we didn't really even spend that much time. I mean, we you picked us up in the RV and then we headed north. But that was my first experience there. And then the second was the strapped SoCal, the three days. And we were, we were all over. We were down in San Clemente, well south of the city. Uh, we spent one day at Griffiths Park right in the heart of the city and then up in Valencia a little north. So I, I don't know. I don't have a good feel for it at all. I can tell you, like, I love <laughs> – I mean, I, I'm not breaking ground here, but, like, it's gorgeous. I just – I, I love it's the, so the climate. It's so different from anything that we're accustomed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. It, it feels it feels like I'm far from home, but in a in a great you know physical environment. So I, I love it. I don't know. How about you? Uh, I love going out there. I feel like I'm going to a different country every time I go to LA or Southern California. Mm-hmm. So when I worked for the Ritz, I used to go out, try to go out every year and stay at the Ritz in Laguna Niguel, um, right down the street from where our guest lives now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's up on like a hundred foot cliff over the Pacific cool hotel. And yeah, really like DJ and I were out there, uh, back in February. I'm convinced I had the vid on the way back. Yeah. You guys, from said, there. You guys we were, both we were fucked up on the way back from there for like a week. Really bad. Yeah. Um, uh, Laz, our friend Laz, uh, took it, took me, uh, me, Bama Bearcat and, uh, Jim Herman. We all went out to, uh, the Golden Bowl in Santa Monica uh, after he picked me up from the airport. That was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's like, a, it's a city of neighborhoods and I've only visited, you know, I've spent mm-hmm. plenty of time in Santa Monica. I've spent um, a little bit of time in Marina del Rey. Uh, we went through the Valley um, on tourist sauce, but I'd like to go, you know, kind of more towards the in-town neighborhoods. I've done a little bit in West Hollywood, a little bit in Beverly Hills, but as far as some of the places where like normal, real, actual people live, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in those those areas. Yeah, so. uh, I, I, right. Like that's so much. So much of my perceptions are shaped by like television shows, right? Between I, I know we're both huge Vanderpump Rules guys. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. Well, I was trying to plan that out uh, to go to Sir or Pump on our tour. On our tour season, season. Yeah. it didn't work out. Um, you know, Neil and I flew out a day early, but we ended up staying down in down in Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area, and it was it was Super Bowl Sunday. Mm. So you know, I don't think Sir Pump would have been the greatest <laughs> place to go there. <laughs> Do you still watch VPR? I haven't. Not in like not. I feel like I've missed the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I, James wasn't getting enough run. For exactly. Me. Once like James started getting phased out, um, and maybe he's back. I I don't know for I sure. Can't stand. Uh, our, what's her name? The not, not Sheena, but um, Kate. Kate, yes. Schwartz's like fiance. Schwartz's fiance. She's brutal. Yeah, she ruined the show for me. I was a big Ariana. I was Team yeah, Ariana. Yeah, she's she's a bad bitch. What do you think about Layla? Can be a little little bit of a of a novelty act sure. at times, but you know I appreciate what she brings to the table. I like the little alliance that she had with with James as well. Yeah. So, anyway, um, 
Who did we effort this week? Well, we efforted quite a few people. I mean, first and foremost, it goes without saying, we efforted Uncle Juice. Uncle Juice. My of Uncle course. Juice, Orenthal. Of course. James Simpson, uh, who had a big, big, uh, big night on Twitter last night. Yeah, he was getting in uh, Tubin. <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin's, Tubin's ass. ass. Yeah. Jeffrey Tubin wrote OJ uh, Made in America. I, I, I think he wrote the one of the big fe- the two big features that came out last year. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I'm going to get my breathless, uh, overwrought Supreme Court analysis now mm. that uh, Tubin's out of the picture. Well, listen. I think you know when we were thinking where where do we start with Los Angeles? I was thinking uh, V Stiviano would be a good person to talk to. Yeah. Uh, she didn't want to do it. And then I thought maybe da- Donald Sterling, you know. Did he die? Or is I, he still alive? I think he always looked like he'd already died, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Yeah, he's alive. He's alive. Um, yeah, and you know what? I think on that on that level, um, I reached out to representatives of uh, Bob Kardashian. Oh, of course. And um, he, he was unable to join us here on this one. I know Devin Nunes is one of your <laughs> – you labeled him a rising star. I thought it would have been cool to talk to him. He's obviously very uh, familiar with with the people down there. You're um, a bad guy. We, we couldn't couldn't get him. Um, you know, there were a number of of actors, actresses. We I don't think we wanted to go to Hollywood. Uh, Mary, Mary Kate Olsen, um, Haley Joel Osment. You but know. just Mary Kate Olsen. We didn't want to talk to Ashley. Yeah, just just Mary Kate, just Mary Kate, Dustin Hoffman, you know, all all sort all the famous people. I don't think we need to go through the famous like people. like Tom Cruise. Yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Harrison Ford keeps <laughs> keeps crashing his his plane, his jet, or his his, his like little World War Two prop plane. He keeps landing on golf courses. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Uh, what a menace! There's, there's like, there's so many famous people. I'm from almost LA. overwhelmed. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even know where to start. Marsha Clark, former DA. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Judge Judge Ito passed recently. We weren't able to have him on. He ran a good courtroom. Um, Did he though? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, like Val Kilmer, I think would have been somebody awesome to talk to. There's too many. There's so many. My my high school classmate, our college class, uh, Sean McVay. Coach McVay. He was busy prepping this week. He's got uh, break tape. He yeah. felt really bad about not not being able to. Um, um, Doc Rivers. He's you know uh, he's no longer in L.A. We were hoping to you know talk about uh, you know drilling for oil stuff like that with with uh, Doc Rivers. I think it would have been cool. We could have tried to track down um, one of the curators at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. You insisted upon us going there when we, <laughs> when we went through the valley. Um, you know, so many people. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I normally it's easy to prepare for these because you just figure out who's from somewhere. I know. But it's literally overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody from like the Church of Scientology, I think, would have been of course great to talk to. Of course, actually. So when I was in Omaha last week, um, they gave me this whole whole rundown. Had dinner with with uh, Mark Reyes and uh, Michael Wilhelm and Woodhead, and they gave me this entire intro to Omaha about all the people that are from there. And actually, the the, the guy that uh, L. Ron Hubbard, originally from Omaha. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Good old Elron. 
So uh, you should go by T Ron. T Ron Carter. <laughs> um, DJ's been calling me Big T uh, after Trump's. You yeah, know, yeah. Big T thing. Kato Kalen would have been a good one. The house guest. Yeah. Um, not sure what he's up to, but you know, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's you know productive. Were the Menendez brothers SoCal or is that up in? Mm, that's a good question. Northern California. I think they were SoCal. They were. Um, Lyle and Eric. Of course. Yeah, Beverly Hills. There you have it. That could have been a two for one. Yeah. Could have done a, you know, could have done a dual interview. Again, though, they just hard scheduling the right time. Uh, I think anybody in like Suge Knight. The the I was just gonna say anybody like the uh, the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Suge Knight. Uh, they. Honestly, would have had a fascinating perspective on L.A. Candidly, uh, didn't know how to track them down. Um, Suge Knight also doesn't like DJ. He says, you know, you got the producer all up in the videos. That's right. That's right. That's not the Suge Knight way. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Keith Carradine? No idea. All right. I, so I, I've got a bone to pick with L.A. Please. The, the true detective in L.A. was awful. I, did, I, did, I only watched the, the first one with... McConaughey. Yeah, you made a good decision. The one because that's what everybody said. Yeah, yeah. Um, who who were the who were the actors in that one? Oh man, it was it was uh, Keith Carradine, actor, singer, songwriter. Huh. Not 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 familiar with his work. Oh uh, David Car. Oh David Carradine. That's well. When I was doing some show prep, somebody was talking about David Carradine. He was that guy who died in um, Bangkok when he was. Uh, he like su- he like suffocated himself while doing a sex act. <laughs> anyway, Gosh. We, we we would have efforted him, but obviously. So uh, season two was Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, Vince Vaughn, and it, it you know it had such promise. It was kind of the L.A. noir, you know, uh, you know, old school. Because um, you know, like. L.A. Confidential, such a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you just, it just left me wanting, left me wanting. Listen, I think Tyra Banks would have been a good person to talk to. Um, Jeff Bridges, shout out Jeff Bridges. He just announced he has lymphoma. We're wishing him well. Tough um, scene. I think, you know, maybe we'll double back with him at some point. Yeah, I, I you know, I think that was. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Of course, the governor. That would have been a great person to talk to. The people's governor. Yeah. Uh, really stand-up guy. DJ was begging us to to get on Candace Bergen, Murphy Brown. He's such a huge fan. Uh, we said, no, DJ, we're not going to do that. Not for not for, simply for your amusement. Um, Larry David. Larry David would have been a good one. Who did we get? Uh, Johnny Cochran would have been a good one. I, didn't, I think Johnny Cochran died. He did, but he still would have been a good one. Yeah, I mean, what a <laughs> F. Lee Bailey. The whole, we could have just run it back with the whole crew. Yeah, I don't even know if those guys are from LA. You know, I think I think Cochran Cochran was out there, but Mark Furman, your boy, oh, the inventor of Bikram yoga, oh. uh, that would have been interesting. So anyway, we, you know, listen, you and I are both like Jim Rome would have been great. We couldn't get Jim Rome. We're huge, huge fans of his show, but we did track down uh, his old producer, 
guy who spent 15 years on the Jim Rome show, has done a number of other things in radio and broadcast, Travis Rogers. So we're going to talk to uh, Travis Rogers all about Southern California. You're giddy. Most excited I've been in a long time. Uh, It's totally a fanboy moment for me. He, yeah, from the Rome show to... He had a show after the Rome show called the Travis Rogers Now show, which was like got my me into that. favorite yeah. thing I listened to. Um, he's just, uh, I don't know, his his sense of humor, I think, and his style just really meshes with mine. So big thrill today. We're going to talk to Travis. Yeah, anything else before we yeah, throw it over? If, if anybody has any ends with, with uh, Uncle Juice, reach out to me. I'd like to, I want to play around and golf with him and have him on the trap draw at some point. Yeah, well, and we'll take him whenever. We want yeah. to reiterate that. We do not have to tie it to a particular city. Uncle Juice is welcome anytime. Exactly. All right. And seriously, go to Wine Access. 15% off. Stock up. Hello. Travis, what's going on? It's Randy from No Lang Up. I'm joined by uh, my associate, Tron Carter. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up, man? How are you? I'm so excited to do this. I can't even tell you. It's probably bad news for you guys that I'm more excited to do this than you are to have me, but I, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm fired up anyway. No, Randy just walked over here uh, or walked into the room here and he was like, God, I'm, I'm more excited for this interview than I've been for anything <laughs> recently. So no offense to any of our other guests, but he's, he's, he's like bouncing off the walls. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was looking around the internet, Travis, and I saw you described among other things, as a, quote, media mogul and also a, uh-huh. quote, class act. Uh, I thought that was cool. What I, you're, you're, mom to post. <laughs> you're, you're hosting. Tell, tell the listeners what you do. You're out in Los Angeles. You work for ESPN 710 Los Angeles. Uh, what specific shows are you hosting right now? Well, I, I kind of uh, am the utility player for the station right now. I guess it's probably the best way to describe it. I do the Rams um, pre-half and post. So I've been doing that since the Rams came back to L.A. I've hosted the uh, the Lakers pre-half and post for a couple of different seasons. Unfortunately, not this season when they won a championship. I was with them when they were terrible. Um, I've done a morning show with Keyshawn Johnson and LZ Granderson. And right now, I'm doing updates in the morning on Keyshawn's national show and Mike Greenberg's show. And then I, I fill in on other shows and Obviously, what's going on right now here in L.A. with all the Lakers and all the Dodgers and all the things that have been happening here, um, I get to do a, a show by myself or with some other guys um, during the week as well where we just talk World Series or NBA Finals or whatever else is going on. Awesome. Um, you are – could you lay out your SoCal uh, bona fides for the folks? I, I, <laughs> I won't give it away too much, but born and raised, right? Have, have you spent all your life out there? Not all of it, but yeah, I was born in um, downtown Los Angeles a million years ago. I grew up here. Um, I spent a brief period of time um, in Phoenix as a kid from when I was, you know, I guess it was maybe second grade to seventh grade, came back to Southern California, went to Arcadia High School, um, which is in the San Gabriel Valley, about 12 miles from downtown LA, Uh, stayed in Southern California to go to college, went to UCSB, came back here and have been working in, in LA uh, more or less my entire adult life, minus a year and a half stay in Houston when I did a radio show there. Okay. All right. Uh, you you went to UCSB. You pitched there. You're a gaucho. Uh, you played from 1990 to 1993. I was able to track down a few of your stats. It looks like, according to my, according to my sources, <laughs> pitched in uh, 
52 games over your four-year career, made 23 starts. You, you can stop right there. You can stop it after <laughs> I pitched in 52 games. That's fine. Nine, that makes it sound like I actually contributed to the program. Nine and eight. That, that sounded good. No, nine and eight record, above 500, 176 innings, 92 strikeouts. Okay, we, you know, not not exactly a strikeout artist, but uh, – what I'm most curious about is your coach, Coach Al Fair, uh, left right after the conclusion of your senior year. And so, Travis, I got to know, are you a coach killer? <laughs> well, I never really thought of it like that, but sure. I mean, I, I, I'm a coach killer in the sense that we didn't win nearly enough while I was there. So maybe that had something to do with it. it uh, yeah, no, th- that was by far the most fun I've ever had doing anything in my entire life was pitching there. We. The, the Santa Barbara legacy was always, in, until very recently, they've actually gotten quite good in the last 10 years or so. Um, but when you were there, you're going to be terrible once, you're going to be pretty good once, and you're going to be average twice. And that's exactly what we did. So I, uh, I'll take average. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> What's the college experience like in Santa Barbara? Oh, man. Um, well, I don't know if you guys know exactly where the campus is. It's, it's right on this little point. Um, just north of the Santa Barbara city limits. And it, it, the campus literally sits on the ocean. It, it has, my dorm had ocean views. Um, there's a little community just to the north of where the campus is called Isla Vista, which will be the best night of your life if you're 20 or 21 years old, I promise. It's, uh, it's outstanding. It, it's what's weird about it too, and I certainly didn't fall into this category, but Santa Barbara is super, super academic. So you get this weird mix of, really bright kids that also like to tear it up on the weekend. So it's kind of a, it, it's a really fun spot and it's Santa Barbara. So you can't beat yeah. the weather. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's the most beautiful place in California. If you ask me, I, uh, I miss it desperately. I would love to get back there someday, but uh, working on AM radio, I don't think is a ticket to get back to the nicest place on earth. Yeah. What, uh, what are your hours right now? Are you getting up super early every day? Oh dude. It, yeah. Um, so depending on whether I go into the studio or not, and we're not doing a ton of that right now because of COVID and, and whatnot, but yeah, I'm, I'm up somewhere between three thirty and four thirty on any given morning. And then I'm done before noon most days. So I, I kind of have a weird schedule, but leaves a lot of time for golf, which is nice. And uh, a lot of time to go see my kids do their things and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, it's, I, I was like, I think most people, I hated, hated, hated getting up in the morning until I was about 35 years old. And now, now it's not too bad. I, I mean, I don't love it. I don't love going to bed at 10 o'clock at night, but it, it pays the bills. We're going to resist that uh, little temptation to talk about golf right now. We, we may get around <laughs> to it in, in just a bit. The mornings get crucial once you have kids because you realize that's when you can actually get stuff done. You got that exactly window right. from, you know, really early to like 7 a.m. And then you've got another window from 10 to 11, but you're typically fried you know, late. Yeah, no. So you go early. 10, 10, 10 o'clock at night for me is like three o'clock in the morning for most people. It is the middle of the damn night for me. I, I'm doing nothing, <clears throat> excuse me, at 10 o'clock at night. So yeah, I have that window in the morning. I, you know, the, the way that the show is formatted that I work on right now, I have one long break where I have about 25 minutes between the times that I pop on. So I'll go for a little walk around through my neighborhood and whatnot. And you see nothing but moms and dads. And they're doing the same thing. Like I'm just getting out of here before the day starts. <laughs> I'm going to get a few laps around the block in. It's, uh, it, it really is the only time. Uh, all right. We gotta, I got to ask you to power rank the best baseball players to ever play at UCSB. Okay. Five, I like this. Yeah, five to one. So n- number five, who, who's your top five? 
Well, Michael Young is probably the number one off the top of my head. Um, these are in no particular order past Michael Young. Um, Shane Bieber, a, a very close number two right now because he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Ryan Spielborg played in the World Series with the Rockies. Uh, Skip Schumacher won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals, I believe. He's with the um, the Padres right now, I want to say. I think he's their bench coach or third base coach. So what is that, four? Did I give you four? That's four. Um Hmm. Are we counting Barry Zito? He, well, Zito was there very, very briefly. I think Zito self-identifies as a Trojan, which pisses me off to no end because <laughs> he was at Santa Barbara first. But, uh, you know, I think he thinks of himself as a Trojan first. Um, let me think. Maybe, you know, I had a teammate, and I don't know if he'd make anybody else's list, but I had a teammate named Danny Lane who was incredible. He was leading the nation in, the RB, in, in RBIs after about 20 games. And then because our facilities were so shitty, we had the, the L screen in the batting cage had a giant hole in it. And one of our other players hit a ball right back through the damn hole in the L screen and broke his hand and ended his season. But he was the best athlete I ever saw at Santa Barbara. So I'll put him there. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, well, I think the, the way, the, the reason I know you, and not, not to speak for Tron, but I would guess the reason Tron knows you is your work uh, for nearly 15 years as part of the Jim Rome show. Uh, just a, an institution of sports talk radio and uh, centered in that Southern California area. I heard you on a different podcast. Uh, you, you called Jim Rohn the godfather of opinionated sports talk radio. And I was wondering if you could mm-hmm. kind of expand on why that is and, and fill in listeners who, you know, all they know are these super opinionated sports uh, talkers everywhere. Uh, can, can you talk about why Jim Rome is, is kind of the, the godfather of, of all of this? Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a great description. Um, it, because, look, b- before Jim started doing this, first of all, there was very little of it to begin with. There was, you know, WFAN in New York. There was extra uh, 690 in San Diego. But there really wasn't a ton of local stuff, and there was virtually no national talk radio. But what little stuff there was, it was usually a guy that was kind of a know-it-all in the fact that he knew who the – left guard, the backup left guard for the Minnesota Vikings was, and he would tell you that kind of stuff. And it was just this information dump that really sucked. It wasn't interesting at all. I mean, I don't care who that guy is. I don't care what he does. I don't care where he comes from. Or it was a former athlete who would speak in former athlete cliches and really wasn't giving you a ton of insight. And then Jim showed up and was neither of those things. You know, Jim wasn't the guy that was going to know who the left guard was on the backup team. But what he was going to do is tell you why this guy was a bum or why this guy was great or why this guy needed to get fired or why this guy was the guy that you needed to pay attention to. He offered his opinions, and no one was doing that. And when we first started doing the show, and, and Jim started before I got with him, but by the time I got with him, people were completely fucking confused as to what he was doing. Like, who, who is this guy? Who did he ever play for? Why does he get to say – that Howie Long is Howard the Duck. Why does he get to say that? Why? Who is? Who are you? What did you ever do? And it started to catch on, and more and more people started to realize it's just pretty damn funny. And he, and he was usually right, and he would have an opinion that was based in some facts, and but he had an opinion. And so he would offer a completely, at the time, unique perspective on what was going on in the sports world, and you really couldn't get that anywhere. And he was the very first. Now, now that's all it is. That's all it is is guys giving you – their opinions or their takes is, I guess is the, the word um, on, on everything. I mean, the, the television is built on nothing but that talk radio is built on nothing but that, that 
here is why I think what I think and why what you think is wrong, and they go at it. That's all of it right now. And Jim was one of the very, very first guys to do it anywhere and was certainly the first guy to be doing it in sports radio. And, I, you know, well, let me start here. How, how did you – do you mind telling the story? How did you even get linked up with Jim? How, how did you uh, get to be associated and, and get on that show? Yeah, well, blind-ass luck is the easiest answer, quite honestly. Um, I, I graduated from Santa Barbara. I was working selling copiers for Canon. And by the way, I can't recommend this strongly enough. Never do that. Never, ever do that. That is one of the world's hardest jobs and one of the least fulfilling. I mean, Dude, it's I, tough. Anybody that can do it and make it work, good for you because you're a tough. I, I, I hated every single minute of it. I sold, um, I sold I was, phone systems for like a year (laughs) and honestly copiers would be more like would be more uh, applicable and easier to sell like that was the worst year of my life without a (laughs) doubt so i identify with you completely so i so you'll you'll get this what i did was i would put on my crummy suit i would drive into the the office i would check in with my boss and then i would get in the car uh, supposedly to be going on cold calls go knock on doors hey you want to buy a copier and I was the world's worst salesman. And but what I would do is I drove from place to place to place or from movie theater to movie theater or driving range to driving range was I'd listen to Jim. And I and I loved it. And I thought it was hilarious. And I thought that, you know, I, I want to do this. When I was in school, I, I did I worked at the radio station. I worked at the T V station. I did all those things when I wasn't playing baseball. But, you know, when I was done, I just wanted to get a job and get my life going. Um so he said one day on the radio, hey, you know, I've got a spot. One of the guys here is leaving. He's going somewhere else. If you think you'd be good at this, fax me in a, uh, a resume and a cover letter back when faxes were still a thing. And so I did. And I had a, a friend of a friend of a friend who was the um, television radio critic of the Los Angeles Times. And I said to him, hey, look, I, I don't know if you know Jim Rome. I don't know if you'd be comfortable uh, you know, calling him on my behalf, considering that we've never met, but here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. Can you put in a call for me? And he goes, well, Jim and I hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Would you mind doing it anyway? And he did. And, you know, the the simple fact that the guy made the call or or maybe it was a call, maybe it was a letter. I don't even remember, but Jim knew the guy's name. So he at least looked at it. And I think it was one of those, you know what, I'm going to bring this kid in here and at least talk to him so I can maybe try to build a bridge back to this other guy who was in the LA times hammering me every week. Uh, so that's how I got started. That's how I went in. I ended up getting the job after interviewing for it and I was off and running. My, my perception. And I was really curious to ask you this is it, it seems like a very rigorous show. Um, just from some of the interviews I've heard with Jim and some other folks that have worked there, what, what was it like prepping for the show day in and day out, week after week? Well, I, I, it's the right question because I don't think enough people ask it. Um, Jim and I, I think, put in more time doing that than anybody else did doing theirs. And I, I don't say that to be immodest. I say it as a, as a statement of fact. I've worked other places. I've seen other people doing their show. Um, Jim would be in the first, the first person to come through the door every single morning. I, I, I got to work early in plenty of time, and I can count on one hand the times that I beat him there. It, it, he was grinding it out every single day. He is a relentlessly hard worker. Um, and if you don't meet that standard, you don't last very long. I mean, I, I was there for nearly 15 years, like you said. There must have been 
10 other guys that came through there and, and not because they weren't talented guys and not because they didn't do a good job, but it was just, it was the pace of doing it that would burn guys up pretty quickly and they wouldn't last very long. They, they'd either find something else or they get another opportunity somewhere else, but it was not a place where people typically stayed for a very long time um, other than a small group of us. And it was, it was the pace. It was the intensity of it. And Jim was an incredibly demanding boss. Um, he was a good boss because he paid really well and he took care of the people that he thought did a good job on the show. But if you did not meet that standard, and I'll steal a line from Sean McVay who says this all the time when we, when we cover the Rams, that the standard is the standard. And if you're not there, we're going to find somebody who will be. It's kind of how Jim ran it. If you couldn't do it, he was going to find somebody who would. And he wasn't kidding. It wasn't, it wasn't a threat like, oh, hey, you know, you better do this or else it was you better do this or we will find somebody else who will. And he meant it. So, you know, when you're held to that standard, you, you meet it more often than not. And it, was, it was a grind, but it was an incredibly rewarding one. What, what, what are some of your, looking back on it, um, and I promise we're not going to spend all our time on the Jim Rome show, but just because I, I think, you know, <laughs> you spent 15 years there yourself, and I, I cannot stress how much uh, Tron and I enjoy it, and I think it's been very formative for us and our style, uh, both consciously and subconsciously. I think it, I think it definitely mm-hmm. uh, impacted everything we do. Yeah, I mean, we would we would sit in our dorm room at Miami of Ohio and just like play clips of the Jim Rome show and just la- <laughs> like awesome. it 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 was it, and it remains like it is so good. Um, and, and I think the 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 genius of it is is the community, right? Like it's it's a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, uh, talking smack, having fun, disguised as a sports show. And I think we've tried to take that mindset and kind of apply it in our own little world of, of golf um, and, and just trying to, you know, build this community. So anyway, that's long winded. So I, I just wanted to preface that, but what, you know, looking back on it, what are some of your favorite running bits from, from the show? Cause, cause I can tell well, you, I, I can tell you ours, but I'm curious what, what some of yours are. I'll be honest, Randy. It's, I, I haven't been a part of that show for, gosh, it's been 11 years. You might have to refresh my memory. I, I always like, the callers, like the, the regular guys, those guys always made me laugh. I like likes to fight guy. I like softball guy. I like, <laughs> I like those because, you know, I had a, I had a, a pretty significant hand in creating those characters. So I always really liked that. Um, we did a bit one time, not, not to bring it back to golf because I just really liked this bit, but we, Tiger was playing in the, in the British open one year or the open championship, I guess it's now called. Um, and he got paired with Nick Faldo. And Faldo was at the very tail end of his playing career. And Tiger was still Tiger. And we were trying to come up with this idea of, like, how, how could Nick Faldo really fuck with, with Tiger in this deal? <laughs> and so we, we, we wrote this. It had to have been five pages long, just this running monologue of these random things that Nick Faldo could say to Tiger Woods and never stop talking, never wait for an answer and just go. I always thought that was really funny. Um, a bunch of the guests are great. I know you guys have talked to, to Elk a few times. He was always amazing to bring on. Um, but anytime you would get the callers going at each other, I loved it. And I really, really liked it when they would beat up on each other's cities. I thought that, you know, it's, yeah. it's juvenile and stupid, but just, just now I'm, I'm sitting here. Cleveland. I'm, I'm yeah. almost, I'm almost 50 years old and the phrase crap Chester still makes me laugh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But the, 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 again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. This was the beginning of this. Usually, you know, somebody from LA would call somebody in New York and say, Oh, the giants suck or the bills are terrible. They've lost four Super Bowls in a row. 
Now it was your city sucks, crap, Chester. Here's your unemployment rate. And it's kind of like, what in the world is going on around here? Because it was simultaneously incredibly funny and a little bit mean. And once you were in on it, it was like busting your brother's chops. It was like teasing your best friend. And it went from being kind of personal and mean, but okay, we only do it to the people that we really like. I always thought that was a lot of fun, too. What about the rap family? Oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> my all-time favorite. And, and I think we reference yeah. it probably once a week on our texts and everything. Just, you know, something will happen. God, you know what? That guy so, should be part of the rap I'm family. To, I'm trying, so we had uh, Corey Pavin, of course. We <laughs> of had course. Monica Sellis. Um, Emerson Fittipaldi. Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, I would have never Gary Gaetti. Uh, <laughs> Monica Sellis. Yeah, you're Monica Sellis. So Monica Sellis, I remember getting a, a, a fax because we used to do this where the, the Monica Sellis beaver-like chompers fax came along. I'm like, what? what is going on? I thought, you know, why are we talking about her teeth? Why is this the thing that people are, are glomming onto? I mean, you think about it now, you could never in a million years base your show on a little bit of sports and a whole bunch of here's why this person is ugly and that's that's kind of what the beginning of this was and in retrospect it's a little cringy but it's also uh, kind of funny it is yeah you feel guilty laughing at it but it is funny yeah. and, then, and then Rome <laughs> launches into his whole you know personal appearances aren't show fodder right <laughs> well yeah you know what you just had I, I want that answer when you ask me what my favorite part is it was always the I'm not going to read this, and then he'd read it, and then he'd crumple up the page <laughs> yeah. and yell at the person who did it. That was my favorite bit. You're right. Yeah. My second favorite was always like uh, Slash and Brentwood. Whenever he would get in, Rome oh, would let God. him in for however long, and then he and then he would act all offended, and you know, Slash <laughs> Slash is just the best. <laughs> yeah, the the OJ stuff was crazy because we were we were on the air through that entire process, and I mean, I won't get too deep into the woods, but. I have like a million different random tangential connections to that day and that, but my dad was on the flight from LA to Chicago that OJ fleed the scene on. I graduated from college <laughs> that very same day. My grandmother lived about two blocks away from that house on Rockingham Boulevard. So we, well, I used to see OJ where he mur allegedly murdered his wife. <laughs> that's my, that's uh, another right. favorite bit, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I used to see him at the Brentwood Country Mart all the time. So I ran into Cato Kalin at a bar down the street from my house here about three years ago. I mean, I cannot get away from this guy. And I'm not complaining. As long as it's not OJ himself, I like all the connections to OJ. Um, and what about uh, the, the smack off? Do you know any of the, from, from your time, like you, you were with the OGs really, I, I think either yeah. the smack off started the year before you joined or right after you joined, but it was, you know, guys well, actually, like, yeah, sorry. The, the smack off was my idea that that was, that was something that, that I came and I was brand new. I had been working for Jim shoot, maybe five months. I mean, I was, I was new and I really hadn't not gotten to know Jim super well. And I was trying to think, okay, what can we do? And Jim said something during a break one day, like, you know, most of these callers suck. Why, you know, why can't they be like so-and-so? I forget who it was. And I kind of think, okay, well, why don't, and I went home and kind of gave it a little thought. And the next day I came in, I said, hey, what if we did this? What if we had just a one day a year where only the guys that we allow to call get to call and we'll crown them the best caller of the year or whatever. And that was the first smack off. And that's how that thing started. Um, so, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do know a lot of the original guys. I couldn't speak to the last 10 years, but, you know, when you're talking about Doc Mike DiTola and, and his brother Jeffrey and Terrence and Sierra Madre and Sean Pendergast, of course, who's won a bunch of those. Sean is a, is a longtime buddy of mine. I've known Sean for a very long time. That's, that's Sean the Cablin Asian. The, right, right. He, yeah. does, he does a show in Houston that's really good. Sean's wonderfully, wonderfully talented guy. Um, but I met all these guys through through Jim show. And, you know, like you said, I, uh, I've become very good friends with a handful of them. I still talk to a lot of them when I started doing my own thing. Um, a lot of the original guys listened to my show as well. They were, they were loyal to not just the, the Jim Rome show, but to me a little bit too. So when I, when I got fired, um, a lot of those guys, when I started my thing, they started to listen to me too. And I, I'm very grateful for that. Who would, you know, you're, you're sitting there, who's, who's the one or two people that, you know, when they call in, you would get most excited by, is there anybody that just stands head and shoulders Terrence. above for you? There were two Terrence, because I'm still not convinced that that was anything other than hundred percent legitimate. Like that dude was a lunatic. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he would say some of the weirdest stuff and get so worked up about random stuff. I thought he was great. Um, and there was a guy, um, I know his real name. I, I don't know if I should say it or not, but I, I don't remember his. Oh, I know it was, um, oh shit. Um, I afraid he, I, I can, I afraid he can. Yeah. Um, he was awesome. I loved it when he would call because he was, you know, far smarter than, than just about everybody else involved with the program. So he'd come on and sit everybody straight. I love that. Um, oh God, I, I'm just sitting here with a huge smile on my face. Yeah, like I, literally I'm looking across <laughs> the table at him and he's, he's grinning ear to ear. So, awesome. um, well, had in, um, after that you, you, you know, I was, gosh, one of the saddest days was when the Travis Rogers now show, uh, went away. Cause I was, I, yeah. I gotta tell you, that was, I think that's my favorite thing that you've done. Um, and just the the comedy and the bits that you were kind of, you know, the the recurring things on, on that show were, were There was also awesome. a lot of range, too. Like, it wasn't yes. just, you know, it wasn't just isolated to sports. Um, yeah, that I, I, I'm happy to hear you say that because that was the, the most fun I've ever had during the radio show. Um, it was a lot like Jim show and that, that wasn't an accident. I, you know, I learned how to do that by watching Jim do it for 15 years. And I kind of took the parts that I thought were the best. And I kind of tried to leave the parts that I thought weren't the best and did the best I could with them. But I, I really, really enjoyed doing that show because it was, it was, it was irreverent. It wasn't super sporty. It was a lot about me doing really stupid voices like Bob Kraft or Billy Payne or any of those, you know, I'm the world's worst impressionist. So I think that makes it a little better that if you can't actually do it and you think it's funny while you try to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I makes me happy to hear you say that. I, I've always kind of toyed around with the idea of, of doing it again in a podcast form. It's just that with everything else I have going with ESPN and, and the other places that I've worked, it's sometimes there's conflict, sometimes it's a time issue, but uh, I would love to do it again. And you telling me that you would listen to it, that helps a lot. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I loved it. I, do, you, do you get to work appetites into anything you do now? Because that would, that would <laughs> you know, there are certain things that make me laugh every time. And, and just the way you would always get back to appetites was, uh, that was near the top of the well, list. Well, we, we, we all have appetites. There's just appetites <laughs> for different things at different times. And some people's appetite gets away from them and leads to some complications. I think we, we could all probably name a whole handful. 
there's a famous golfer, for instance, that I think had an appetite for something that he couldn't control, and now he's not quite the same guy anymore. <laughs> That's uh, just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, yes, sure, sure. Uh, the other, the only, the well, I, I could ask you about a million things, but how's uh, the, the other thing I really enjoyed was uh, your buddy Brian Beckner, his, his uh, yeah. segments on that show. Do you still keep up with him? I, I do. He is one of my closest friends. I spent a lot of time with Brian. Brian's got a great podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. So if you like his stuff, you will like his podcast. Um, they do virtually no sports at all. It's movies and current events and just kind of goofing around. Um, I, so check out the baller lifestyle if you like that. I, I see Brian a lot. He's a good buddy of mine. We go, we play golf, we drink beers, we watch TV, you know, sports and whatever. Um, he's, he's one of the best. I'm crazy about the guy. Awesome. Um, okay, let's hey, let me ask you this question: best thing, worst thing about living in Southern California? Um, well, best thing is, is probably the most obvious thing: the weather. It's always nice. You know, I, it's funny. I was watching um, one of the episodes you guys did with Strap San Clemente. Yeah, and uh, I, I live about ten minutes from there, so it it's it's nice down here. I'm not it's, it's I'm not going to pretend. It, it's just it's really really nice place to live. <laughs> Um, th- this is, so that's by far the best part. And the flip side of that is exactly what you expect. It's super expensive. And yeah, I, I don't think I've saved a dollar in 20 years, you know, and it's probably the worst possible way to live, but it's just the, the, the way that it goes. Uh, you live with my, I work a lot. My wife works a lot and it's very expensive and it's just, you know, you grind it out, but this is where we're from and this is where we like to be. So it's both the best and the worst part. It's beautiful and it's super expensive. How long is your commute into the city living down there? Well, before the world changed a few months ago, it would take me again, cause I was such early in the morning. It only took me about an hour to get there. Um, and it would take me about an hour and 15 or 20 to get home. Um, now it's, it's however long it takes me to walk from mm-hmm. upstairs to downstairs in my house. Um, <laughs> I, I still go up there occasionally uh, and it, it, it's about the same because I was always driving off hours anyway. Um, but if you did, for instance, if you did the drive from my house to the studio um, under normal circumstances pre-COVID, it's a good 90 plus minutes every time. And that's if you get a little bit lucky. Mm. It's far and it sucks. <laughs> so, all right. So Arcadia, where you're from, that is in... All right, mm-hmm. it, so it's such a sprawling city, LA and the whole, the whole metropolitan area. So how many valleys are there and which, which valley Um, is Arcadia in? Okay. So Arcadia is in the San Gabriel Valley, um, (laughs) which is a little bit to the east of the Valley. Okay. So the Valley is where Boogie Nights is from (laughs) for a point of reference. Okay. So (laughs) I'm sure you guys have seen Boogie Nights. That, that Valley is the San Fernando Valley, a little bit to the West. Um, that's kind of the bedroom community uh, for Los Angeles. It's, it's where it's mostly residential um, and it's huge and sprawling. And that's where all the smog collects over there inside that valley. Um, it's, it's enormous. Uh, I'm trying to think of other valleys here. There, there, I don't know if there's a Riverside Valley. That's, that's even farther east. Because I guess two, San Gabriel Valley and the Valley, the San Fernando Valley. And the Valley is the one when you like Valley Girl, that's San Fernando Valley. Uh, Boogie Nights to San Fernando Valley. They haven't made a movie about Arcadia yet. I think they're waiting off on that. It, and is, Sh- is Sherwood where they're at this week? That's that's San Fernando Valley, correct? Or like yeah, that's kind of the, the northwest end. It, exactly the far northwest end, and that place is ridiculous. I mean, just off the charts, fantastic, beautiful, cartoony, just awesome. Have you played there? 
I have um, uh, a couple of times. It's 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 really weird because it feels like you're doing something wrong playing golf out there. It's so nice. You don't want to take a divot. You don't want to you don't want to splash any sand out of the place. Like it's everything's perfect. So you're literally it takes you a whole or two. It's like okay, it's a golf course. I can just go out here and play a little bit of golf. But yeah, it's it's great. I played it once in the middle of the summer. It was super super hot. And I played it once in the winter, which, you know, they used to do, I'm sure you guys remember, remember the, the shark shootout that they used to do out there a million years ago? Um, it was the, uh, God, it was the, it was the, because uh, the shark shootout's always been in Naples, but they did like the, know, the, see, the I, Chevron I the like World Challenge and then the Tiger Head event there for a while that, too. Yeah, it, it predates even that stuff because it was definitely a Greg Norman thing. That, that he was the host and he would pick the field. And, and, and so we would always, and Elkington would always come out and play in that. And I, he got me out there right around tournament time one time. It was either right before or right after and got to play it relatively like the tour set up and it was virtually impossible. Oh, you're right. It's so sh- the shark shootout 1989 to 1999. And then it moved, yeah. it moved to Florida and Tiger came in and hosted the world challenge starting in 2000. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. Gotcha. It's, it, it's spectacular. And that field they got this week is bonkers. Yeah. How have you played much with elk? Um, yeah, I would say I don't know, maybe 10 times something, give or take. I haven't played with him in, I mean, the better part of 10 years, but yeah, when he would come out, cause he would come out and play Riviera every year. He would come out and do that shark event every year. So that was twice that we'd play. We'd always we'd play once, you know, each time he'd come to do that. And then he was in LA for a reason or two a year on top of that. Um, we would play. I played with him a couple of, and maybe just once at Champions out in Houston when we went out for a tour stop. That's actually the first time I ever met him. Um, it's it, uh, <laughs> we're, we're 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 at the driving range, and I'm just absolutely pissing down my leg. I'm so nervous. I've never played with a tour player before. I, I have no <laughs> idea, and I, I'm I'm a decent golfer, so I'm not worried about embarrassing myself. But I'm worried about embarrassing myself relative to a tour player. Like I'm just trying to, and I'm hitting toppers on the range and all these things, <laughs> and and so he kind of comes down the range and he goes, yeah, take it easy. He goes, let me show you something. And he takes a five iron out and he hits one that, you know, straight as a string. And it goes about, I don't know, 10 feet in the air the whole way. And he takes another one, you know, puts the ground, ball on the ground, same club. Hits one that goes straight as a string, about 10 miles straight up in the air. Then he takes one, he goes, count five trees down the left. And goes, one, two, three, four, five. Hooks it around the left of the tree. Count five trees on the right. One, two, three, four, five. Cuts it between the fifth and sixth tree on the right. He goes, relax. You can't do this stuff. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right. Okay, got it. So all of a sudden, it was, I, was, I was far more comfortable realizing he was a pretty good dude. And just there, there's a level that they're doing that is just never going to make any sense to regular guys. Yeah, it's. I, I think that was the biggest thing. We've gotten a chance, obviously, to play with some, you know, some pro golfers and, and some big names. And it's like... Man, all the you know, every amateur to them is is it's kind of it all sucks, right? It's just varying degree of like you suck. So it's like, yeah, what what do I have to be nervous for? I'm certainly not going to impress them. Exactly right. We were playing at uh, to to name drop yet again. We were playing at Bel Air. So when he would come, I would always like, where are we going? Because he has access to places that I would never get in a million years. So he had uh, a buddy that was a member at Bel Air. So we go out there one day. And there, I think it's the seventh hole, like in seventh or eighth, something like that. There is an elevated tee and you, you drive the ball down into this canyon. And I hit one that I knew I had caught perfect. 
just absolutely perfect. And I, I said something like, oh, God, I smoked that thing or something like that. And he goes, oh, yeah? Really? <laughs> and, and I said, yeah. I said, that's, that's as good as I can hit it. He goes, all right, I'll bet you a dollar, 10 to 1 that I hit this bad. Okay, fine. You know, a dollar, whatever. So he hits it, and he doesn't say anything. And I'm thinking, and I, I'm looking at him like, so? And he, he doesn't really say much. We go down. And I had hit the ball. He obviously had nearly whiffed it or something. I hit it about a yard past it, okay? And obviously, he did not hit it very well. It's not that I hit the ball far. It's that he did not catch one clean. And so the second shot on this hole, it's to an elevated green that's got two tiers. The, the, the flag is in the back tier, and the slope separating the two tiers is pretty significant. And he goes, all right, we're going we're gonna to do another – $10 for a hundred to one that I hit this closer than you do. But he goes, here's the, you have to hit yours first. Okay, fine. So I, it's like an 80 yard shot or whatever. And I hit a wedge up there and I hit it. And I'm like, Ooh, that, that, that's got a chance to be pretty good. It hits right in the damn slope, spins all the way down to the front of the green. It's barely, I might not even stay it on the green. I don't remember. He goes, he looks at me, he says, what club did you have? I said, I, I think I hit a sandwich. He goes, no, 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 that's a, that's an eight iron. And I'm like, what? It's 80 yards. What do you mean that's an eight iron? And he goes, yeah, watch this. So he, he sets up to the ball, and he opens way up to his left. You know, he's a right-handed guy, way to his left. And he hits this shot, and it makes the grossest sound you've ever heard. And you're like, it goes, Plah! It's just this weird, terrible-sounding noise. And I thought he shanked it, and it's dead left of the target. And then about 20 yards off the club, it just starts turning right. And it lands on the lower tier takes one hop up to the top tier and slams on the brakes about a foot from the hole. And I looked at him and I said, what the hell was that? And he says, well, we have a word in Australia that you guys use here in America too. It's called talent. And he just walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Yeah, mate. Exactly right. He he took me to school on that one. We see cat, mate. Still, I probably bust that out. Once a week, man. Yeah, and a bunch of Sheila's walking down, mattresses strapped to the right. back, and yeah, and, you know, glass staircase, and we see cat, mate. Oh my god, that's him. Yeah, that's him. yeah, and he, I, you know, he is just the same in person as he is, oh, you yeah. know, on air. It, it, he, he is, he is like that. I gotta think. 24 7 like that's that is who he is i heard the pod you guys did with him and it was fantastic because it brought back a lot of very fond memories and he is um did you guys do that one in person it sounded like he was with you guys yeah we did which i think made it a lot better and yeah anytime you get in person it's it's he walked in and said hey where's the whiskey (laughs) brought us home (laughs) beers i I mean he was he was was all in yeah yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, if you get a chance to spend some time with him, he is one of the all-time great hangs. Now, now, golf aside, it's always fun to play golf with him because, you know, guys that win major championships are fun to play golf with, but he's just the world's best hang. He's just so much fun. Um, all right, TC, how do we uh, – the you, you touched on the, the sprawling nature of Southern California – I, I'm curious. I, like, I don't even know where to start with like neighborhoods yeah. or pockets. Or, I guess like, pow- like what? Like, are, I want to piss some people off. I want, I want yeah. you to <laughs> to rail on okay. that. All right. Well, first of all, all right. What do you think? Going back to golf, where do you play your golf? Do you play often? And where have you been impressed by? And where and where do you think is is say overrated in the LA area? Well, I I, I played a lot of golf around here. Um, 
And I, I well, I mean, where I live down here in, in South Orange County, like I, I mentioned you a minute ago, I, I go down to San Clemente Muni quite a bit. I like that a lot. Um, always have a good time there just because of the setting. Golf course is really good too. Um, there's a place in Yorba Linda called Black Gold that the guys there are absolutely fantastic. I really dig them. The golf course is always in really good shape. And, you know, there's a place about 10 minutes from my house that I probably play most of my golf at, um, Arroyo Tribuco, which the golf course is tremendous. They're, 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 they're a different group of dudes over there, but I, I love the golf. So I go over there. Um, you're always getting on them on social media, aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah. I I get into it with them every once in a while. So so it's this weird deal that I I, I can't even imagine how many thousands of dollars I've spent out there on that golf course playing for rounds and everything else. And every time you get there, Hey, uh, do you know where the first tee is? Yeah. I was here yesterday and (laughs) twice a week for the last 10 years. Yeah. I know where the first tee is. I don't know if they're doing it to mess with me or, or they think it's funny or I'm that forgettable. I'm not quite sure, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like that golf course too. Um, as far as place, I, uh, the, the Rancho Park uh, is an old school place, public place. Uh, it's right smack on the west side of town, right across from Fox. It's really fun um, if you can get a time. If it's hard, um, it's not too expensive. The places at Griffith Park, I think you guys did one of those things there. That's fun. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, and then there's you know there's a bunch of private stuff around here too that, that's fun. It's just you know I've never had a club membership or anything like that. But uh, I'm trying to think where I haven't had a good time. Hmm. <laughs> anything in riverside how about that is that, that that'll bother some people <laughs> that, that, it's hot and smoggy and flat and miserable so that, that's i guess a good answer for that, that. Like, so that's what i always get back to looking at the map of 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 la and then just flying in from the east and, and mm-hmm. you're going over you know what is that san, san bernardino and and uh riverside and all those places ontario all those places yep. out there and you're like like who lives out here? Why? Like it's still expensive, but you, but it's hot, and you don't get any of the benefit of, you know, living near the coast there, right? Yeah, it it it's it, it, you're right. It is still expensive, but it's less expensive, and it's hot as hell. One of my best friends from college grew up out there, and I'd go out there and see him every once in a while. I'm like, dude, you have to move closer to the ocean. I mean, it's it's only sixty miles from here. What are you doing? I mean, that that's home for him. So <laughs> we go out and play a little golf out there, or play softball or whatever. And it was always. 150 degrees, a third degree smog alert. You couldn't take a deep breath. You felt like you were going to pass out. It was, uh, it's, it's not for me. How about that? Yeah. Well, the Corona's out there. That's where, uh, the BIC, Brad and Corona's out that way, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Corona, Corona's actually not super far from where I am. That's just on the other side of the mountain. Okay. Uh, Rancho Cucamonga's on the other side of the mountains from you too, right? Yeah, that's that's a little far. That that that's heading. That, now you're almost you're about a third of the way to Vegas at that point. Okay, I, I don't I don't go out there if I can avoid it. And then uh, Temecula too. Meet me in Temecula. There's good golf in Temecula. Yeah, yeah there's good golf in Temecula. Yeah, there's been uh, there's a handful of places out there that I played had a good time. I haven't been down there in a while. Um, but yeah, there's there's they, they have a lot of the uh, Indian casinos are are down and near around there. They have all that golf courses and most of them are pretty good. I've got a friend. He he he's a member at Costa Mesa. Stopped in there a couple times and had some drinks. Oh yeah, nice little uh, nice little city course there. Uh, I, I've 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 seen it. I've never played it. I've never been out there. Believe it or not, it's it's twenty minutes from where I am. I've never gone out there. Should I? You know what? I've never actually played it. I've just I've just stopped and gotten drinks a couple times. 
there. So uh, that, that, that's a good enough reason to go, right? Looks good. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, power rank the, the, the airports. We're, we're, we're big we're power rank guys. Power rank and airports. We love airports. So, okay. So this is good. The number, number one is Orange County because you can get direct flights here most of the time. Yes. It's never crowded. And you can get, this is one of the last airports where you can show up 40 minutes before your flight and you're totally fine. Yeah. You never have to wait. You just, it, that is by far number one. That's, Long that's, Beach is, that's John Wayne, right? Orange County, John Wayne. Yeah, that's okay. John Wayne. Yeah, I love exactly. that place. So it's awesome. That place is money. Um, Long Beach isn't bad either. Not as many flights, but really kind of mellow, not too far. For, and not just for me, but for everybody. Like Long Beach is kind of a sleepy little airport that not a lot of people use. Um, Burbank's okay if you're staying on the West coast or somewhere, you know, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, kind of like that. Cause they have a bunch of Southwest flights out of Burbank, also small, easy in and out. Um, Ontario is not terrible. If you're going to kind of stay on that side of town, if you're going to be in Riverside or Palm Springs or Orange County, and then unless there are no other options, LAX is the last. It is the <laughs> single worst spot in the history of this city. I mean, it's just dreadful. I, my wife went on a, on a trip to uh, Vietnam. She's a nurse and they went and did some stuff over there. And so I was, she was coming back from Hanoi and I had to pick her up. Her plane, her plane landed. I don't know what it was. Three thirty in the morning or whatever. I drive out. It was gridlocked in the airport at three thirty in the morning. I'm like, what, where's everybody going? Where's everybody coming from? It was just insane. If you can't figure out how to get the 50 cars that are there at three o'clock in the morning through there without funneling everybody through one single damn lane, I don't know what they're doing. That place can go away as far as I'm concerned. I hate it. And it's always foggy and cloudy with the marine layer down there, it seems yeah. like, too. It's like, it's Absolutely. just gray. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I, I, I lived, um, right when I got married, we lived on the west side about, gosh, maybe eight miles from the airport. And if you didn't leave two hours before your flight, you weren't getting there. It was a, it was stupid. Still is, I'm assuming. It sounds like it sounds like JetBlue's moved all their flight, or they're they're in the process of transitioning all their flights from Long Beach to LAX, or most of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's vid related or or not. I haven't been on an airplane in a long time since pre vid. I haven't been on an airplane, so I, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see them up in the air very often like I used to. All right. If you had, uh, we, we talking vid, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> we can do vid talk if you want. Sure. Uh, let's say you you're you're worth a billion dollars. Where 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 in the city are you living, or or outside the city? You go up to Malibu, or are you in you know like where where in where in the greater LA area are you? Did I hear a B or an M? Billion or million? Bill, billion. <laughs> I think we need a B. B. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, Maybe Newport Beach, you know, what, what maybe like uh, Crystal Cove and Newport Beach. Something like that. I don't need the L.A. thing necessarily. Like if you, you could go Bel Air and you're going to be thrilled, you could go Palisades. That'd be great. But getting in and out of Palisades and getting in and out of Bel Air, getting in and out of Malibu, it's a pain in the ass. It, it, there's just I guess I'm a billionaire. Maybe I can have a helicopter and skip over the top of it. But um, yeah, I'll take I'll take like Crystal Cove down here. That that sounds about right. I was thinking you were just going to say, I'm going back up to Santa Barbara. Well, I thought we were skipping it. Yeah, that's like true. That's true. Southern California. Yeah. Still, yeah. yeah because, I, oh, no. Yeah. If, 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 yeah. Let me amend my answer. Because if I can go Montecito, which is basically yeah. next to Santa Barbara, that's where we're going. I'll live next to Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out <laughs> at the Valley Club. And, Oprah, it, yeah. yeah. If Oprah lives there, you should live there, too. That's a good rule. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I haven't done Valley Club. I tried to look through the gate one time, and they chased me off. That didn't go well. When I was when I was a student in Santa Barbara, I was here, and you know, hey, you got a Valley Club song. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to see where this place is. And it's really hard to see. If you don't know where it is, and this is pre-cell phone directions and everything, I had a stupid Thomas guide out looking for it, and I found it. And I'm trying to peek through the bushes, and sure enough, so, oh, can, can I help you with something? No, I just want to, no, 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 you got to keep it moving. <laughs> All right. All right. That was how I felt. At, uh, I played at LA Country Club, like, right right before the vid hit. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, man, going in there and just, I, like, it, I was pinching myself all over the place. It just didn't, it didn't feel real. You're in the middle of, you know, kind of on the border of Hollywood and Beverly Hills and it, it's just yep. it just feels like surreal and you've got the you got downtown in the distance and you got you know high rises next door and you got Lionel Richie's house off the fifth hole or sixth hole <laughs> it's wild man yeah and, and it's like you said it's right on Wilshire Boulevard in the middle of Beverly Hills it's it, but it's not like in the hill it's in the middle of the like the municipality the city it's very odd I know three things about LA Country Club I know the US Open is coming I know that I've never played it, and I know that Jim Herrick dropped his pants on the putting green and was never invited back. Those are the three things I know about <laughs> LA, or, uh, LA Country Club. What's the story on that? The, Jim, the Jim. old UCLA coach, right? Oh, I forgot yeah. about Jim so Herrick. He, he was at Georgia before. It, when, I was, when I was growing up, he was at Georgia, and then I remember he went, I think he went to UCLA. Yeah. He went to UCLA, won a national championship. He, and He had that Tyus Edney team, right? Career. What didn't he have? Tyus Edney, Ed O'Bannon. And yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were amazing. Um, Toby Bailey, that was a great team. Um, the story goes, and I've heard this third hand, so I don't know how accurate it is, but the story was uh, the, either the chancellor or the university president, athletic department, somebody, some high heavy hitter in the uh, university's stratosphere was a member there. And Herrick was always terribly offended that he never got invited to come play at LA Country Club. And so... Because it's, it's a big USC bastion, right? Bunch of USC yeah, people yeah. at LA Country Club. But it's also right down the street from UCLA. It can't yeah. be you know, two miles from the UCLA campus. Um, <laughs> so he finally gets the invitation. And I guess he had a bad back or, or something like that. And so he's, he's rolling some putts on the putting green and he's kind of stretching. And finally he decides he's going to put on a back brace. So he just drops trowel right there on the putting green to put on his back brace. And the, the, the members were just horrified. And he was never invited back. Jim, Jim Herrick, currently an assistant coach for the Cal State Northridge Matadors. No yeah, how about yeah. that in his 80s? I was I, gonna, he's got to be north. I was going to say north of 70 or 75. He's over 80, huh? 82. Um, th- okay. that, that story is somewhat reminiscent. When I was, uh, I think I was in college and still young enough, I, my parents had a uh, membership at a Hyde Park in Cincinnati. And so I was young enough I could still abuse it. And I rolled it one day into the parking lot like there was like a lower level parking lot um beneath like the back side of the clubhouse and i was not in golf clothes and so i you know being a teenager i just did what any normal teenager would do i changed i opened my door and kind of you know tried to be discreet and changed my clothes right there in the parking lot and you know went up played golf it was great and i get home that evening and my dad's like uh you know phil my real name's phil randy uh yeah, they just called from Hyde Park. Like, you can't change in the parking lot, dude. Like, like you have to go into the locker room. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Lesson uh, learned. So I commiserate you with Coach You could have become Eric. a national championship yeah. winning basketball coach. Uh, exactly. You're, you're a basketball player too, right? So you maybe, yes. maybe you missed your calling. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, well, how would you rank the if you could join any uh, private club in the greater Los Angeles area? What's your pecking order? Riviera, Riviera. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, yeah it's it's. I mean, Bel Air is great. Um, I like I said, I've never played LA Country Club. Everybody I know that has says it's just next level, fantastic. But I, I don't. I can't speak to it firsthand. Um, Riviera is just a, such a great golf course, and. I don't know if it's just because, you know, you've watched it on TV for so long. So it feels like, you know, you, you know, every shot, you know, every hole, um, the clubhouse is great. It's in a great part of the city. Um, but that, that's an easy one for me. It would be Riviera above anything else. You know, Sherwood's great. There's, there's places down here. There's big Canyon down here. Um, there, there's a million good ones, but there's nothing like that. If you ask me, isn't the, the, uh, owner at Riviera real, real wacky too. Like, like he's the I guy that the curb your enthusiasm um, owner was based off of at Larry's club and curb your enthusiasm. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, no. Um, I've only been out there. I mean, I've gone out to watch the tournament a whole bunch of times, but I've played the golf course maybe, I don't know, three or four. Um, I got to do the pro-am the last time I was here, which was, that was another great day. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it other than I love playing the golf course and just walking around out there. Fantastic. So, all right, question for you on, on the NFL teams. Are the are I okay. mean are the Chargers going to make it in L.A. Are they just like are they just going to kind of play this out for the next four or five years and then move to San Antonio or somewhere else where I mean, it doesn't sound like they're selling yeah. any, any seat licenses or any you know they're just totally like third fiddle. I I think you're being really generous. I don't think they are third fiddle. I, I mean, I I think that they are somewhere in the tenth fiddle category. I mean, or I mean, it, I meant third it, fiddle it, just just as far as like you got the Rams, and then like I would put the Raiders. There's probably more Raiders fans still that are making the trip oh, over sure. to Vegas. No, and then you yeah, know, I was yeah. just counting NFL teams. So you've got the, <laughs> you, you've got the, the the Rams, right? The Rams are. The, the the team here. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that the Raiders are probably very, very close to the Rams as far as fan base goes here. There are a ton of Cowboy fans here. There are a ton of 49er fans here. Um, there are a ton of Steeler fans here. When the, the Eagles have come in to play the Rams uh, in the five years they've been here, I think the Eagles have been here three times. They pack the place. The Kansas City Chiefs pack the place. So there are a ton of those people. The Chargers, it, I mean, I, I've lived here, like we talked about at the beginning, more or less my whole life. The Chargers, I used to go down with, before the Rams came back. Uh, Brian Beckner, who you mentioned a minute ago, he his dad had season tickets to the Chargers, so we'd go to a game or two every year. Is a ball. The Chargers in San Diego were incredibly popular and, and did really well there. They just had a bad stadium. It was, you know, it's an old baseball stadium turned into a football stadium turned into a dump. And so, if the team wasn't good, it, you know, there wasn't a huge reason to go down there. I have no idea why they came up here. Nobody wants them here. There, nobody follows the team. Nobody, it's not even like, yeah. oh, get out of here. We don't want you here. They don't, oh, wait, huh, where, you guys, what, huh? Not oh, even the Rams really? seem like here? they want them there. Because, like, I'm, I remember last year or earlier this year reading about, you know, kind of all the, all the acrimony between the two front offices and the, and the you know, Cronkies uh, people felt like they were, they were doing all the, hell, all the heavy lifting as far as the stadium mm -hmm. goes, and the Chargers were just kind of, you know, tailing in off them. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, they're, they're really kind of down the list of things that are, are mentioned here. And it, it's, it's like I mentioned, it's not just that, oh, they just, it's apathy. It's complete mm -hmm. indifference to their existence, which is far worse than, yeah. oh, we hate those guys. Because at least then you're, you're, you know, you're involved in it. It's apathy. Um, it, it, they're not, since they've come to L.A., 
they've been pretty good, and they just can't get any sort of traction at all. To answer your question, I don't know how long they'll stay here. I would imagine it'll be for a very long time because just being a Los Angeles-based team puts an incredible value on the franchise. I mean, that's why the Angels call themselves the Los Angeles Angels. Um, the Rams, when they were in St. Louis, and I I'm, I'm, won't get this exactly right, but they went from being something like the 18th or 19th most valuable NFL franchise to the second most valuable NFL franchise. It's, there's just pure economics involved in being here that make it worthwhile, even if you don't have any fans. That was something too, where like just, just going back to San Diego, like thinking about how they couldn't figure out how to do a, a stadium, downtown San Diego, kind of you know near the, the Padres Stadium, and you could host mm-hmm. Super Bowls there. The, it's a great mm-hmm. airport. You got massive convention hotels. Like It just seems like the biggest no-brainer in the world, and they've, yeah, they managed well, San to mess Diego that up. Is, yeah, I, it, it's ownership. San Diego is one of the great cities in California. I would say it's one of the great cities in, in the country. I love going down there. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, I, I give the people of San Diego a lot of credit because the Spanishes who own the team said, okay, we want tax money to build a stadium. And they said, mm-hmm. you know, get the hell out Take of here. No, you, yeah. you, 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 you beat it. We're not going to pass a bill that allows you to build a stadium on our money. If you want to build one, build it. We'll come. We'll support the team. The, the people of San Diego loved the Chargers, but they weren't suckers. They weren't going to pay for it. I mean, I guess you could argue that, well, okay, what do they get? They got their team to walk out the door, but I don't know. I, 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 if I were a Charger fan, I'd feel okay with that. I love it. <laughs> Randy's a big, yeah. a big uh, public money stadium guy. He grew no, up in Cincinnati. No. When he was growing up, they built the Reds' new stadium and the Bengals' new stadium. The, the Bengals' stadium deal might be the worst uh, anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, and, and as are the Bengals. So what are you going to do? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Befitting. Uh, what you, you've had a good time to, I imagine, be a uh, a sports radio host in Los Angeles. What with the Lakers uh, winning the championship, and now the Dodgers might add to it next week. What talk to me about like. Who's more? Who's more popular, Lakers or Dodgers? The Lakers, and it's it's pretty significant. There, there are if the Lakers are you know number one, and then the Dodgers are number two. But there's a pretty good gap between those. Both of those teams have an incredibly loyal and active fan base, but the Lakers are kind of on another level. Um, Dodger fans are great; they're everywhere. Um, and then I, at third after that, when they're good, maybe USC football might be the third most popular thing here in town. Um, but they have to be good because people will check out on that pretty fast. I, I know that <laughs> LA fans get a little bit of a bad rap on, you know, they don't show up. I kind of look like you were talking about the, the public money, Randy. I, I look at my refusal to show up for bad teams as my vote. Like, if you're not going to be good, I'm not going to come. You know, get good and then I'll come. Or and so that's kind of how I think a lot of people here look at it. You're speaking my um, language. I'm it, from Atlanta, so well, <laughs> we're like that yeah, too. perfect, doubly so in the most right? in the most gorgeous place on yeah. earth. Maybe like why 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 would you spend time watching a, a shitty franchise? Like go <laughs> go enjoy your surroundings. Absolutely, and, and and yes to that. And you have a second option in all of these things. We have two of every. We have two soccer teams, two hockey teams, two baseball teams, two basketball teams, two NFL teams. You've got two Pac-12 universities that are playing all the major sports. You've got a lot of mid-major teams around here that are playing sports, whether it's you know college basketball, college baseball, track, whatever it is. You, you've got everything you could ever want here. So you have to compete because it's not just oh this is the team here in town. It's like yeah, well there's another one right there. Are you as good as them? I'll go over there. Travis Rogers, as a kid growing up, who did you root for? 
I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist. I'm a my, the Dodgers were always my favorite team as a kid um, because I'm a baseball guy. That's always been my favorite sport. That's always been the team that I, I've rooted for the most. I'm already a little nervous uh, as we're recording this, getting ready for Game One of the World Series coming up here in a little bit. Um, Clayton Kershaw, in particular, is pitching tonight, so I may have a hole in my wall by the end of the night. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, and I was a Laker fan. You know, I, I when I was a kid. The, it was the Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem and all those guys. And it was just, it was the greatest show in the world. They go back and forth with Larry Bird. I hated Larry Bird's guts. Like I wanted something unspeakable to happen to Larry Bird. And and now I kind of realize that was what made it so much more fun is that he was so awesome. and Kevin McHale and all those guys. But, you know, the Dodgers won a World Series when I was in high school. The Lakers won a bunch of championships when I was in high school and junior high. So I was all in on those. Um, my folks are, are Pac-12 people or, or at the time Pac-10. So we would all, they went to the University of Oregon. So I would always go see the Ducks play whenever they play SC or UCLA. So I was kind of more of a UCLA guy than an SC guy as a kid. Um, hockey, I never super got into until a little bit later. And I worked for the Angels for a few years, and they were partners with the you know, Ducks and a few things. I've become a big Ducks fan. Um, they're great. They're a really, really well-run organization. Love those guys. Um, and soccer, I don't really have time for. Does it kind of go along the lines? Like I know in New York, you know, Jets fans – it's like, you know, Giants fans tend to be, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. It's a, well, it's easy. I always Jets think of Jets, Mets. Jets, Mets, yeah. Yankees, Giants, Yankees. Yeah, yeah. 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 Then, yeah it, does, it is. But does anybody like the Clippers? Or, I mean, I guess in the last few years it's. Or the Angels, for it, that matter. Yeah. Um, the Angels have a pretty good fan base. They, they, they are, it's, not, it's a fraction of what the Dodgers have. But, yeah, they, they do. Down by where I live, there, there are a lot of Angel fans. Um, the Clippers are interesting. The, 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 I, I know exactly one person in my life that I would classify as a real Clipper fan. That was an old radio partner of mine, uh, Marcellus Wiley. Marcellus and I did a show together um, for a couple of years, and, and he is a genuine Clipper fan, going all the way back to the Keith Kloss, Michael Little Candy, Michael Cage days. Like He's in on it. There's, there's a lot more guys that showed up when Blake Griffin and Chris Paul got here. But yeah. they're still. It, I mean, I couldn't put a number on it. But if it's anything less than fifty to one, Lakers to Clipper fans yeah. here, I'd be shocked. Marcellus Wiley, Columbia football alum. So my That's brother right. and one of our other guys, Neil, he he played football at Columbia, and they just they hang their hat on Marcellus Wiley. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, it's a good it, it's a good peg to hang on. Mark yeah. Marcellus is one of my all time favorites. He's a fantastic dude, incredibly funny, smart, um, and tells maybe. This side of Steve Elkington, the best stories I've ever heard in my life. He's, he's, he is a phenomenal dude. All right. If folks are coming to SoCal, uh, I got to ask you to, we can take these questions one at a time, but I'm curious, you know, I, I think it's safe to say you're, you're a food guy. What, what are some of your favorite restaurants around the area? And then also, uh, you know, from is the Hollywood sign overrated? You gotta give me like give, give listeners a feel for what's kind of overrated and just touristy and and what they should be doing if if they visit SoCal. Okay, so I'll, I'll, in the interest of of a full disclosure here, I will say this: I am forty eight years old. I've lived in Southern California for forty two of those forty eight years. I have never been to the Hollywood sign. <laughs> So I, I don't know what people do when they go there. I, can't, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I, uh, how about this? If you've seen it on kind of the glamour shots leading up to an NFL game or a Laker game, you can probably skip it. You're going to want to go do something that maybe you haven't seen. Just skip the Santa Monica Pier. Skip the, 
the uh, Hollywood sign. Go to downtown. Used to be a place you only you only used to go if you needed to get heroin. But now there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot going on down there right now. There's a bunch of good restaurants. When they built Staples Center, they revitalized that entire area down there. It's it's really fun. There's a million different things to do there. Um, as far as food goes, the one place I would tell you that you got to go. It's been there since the 1940s. It's a little burger place on Pico, um, not super far from the airport. It's on the west side, uh, called the Apple Pan. And it's this little U-shaped counter. There's maybe, I don't know, maybe 20, 24 seats total. And you just kind of queue up and wait to get a seat. And you sit down and an old school guy in a little paper hat and a white apron comes over and takes your order. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld guys or not. You know the soup Nazi? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so it's the burger Nazi, basically. It's like they, you need to know exactly what you want. You order the food. It comes out about four seconds later. It's delicious. And the second you eat that last bite of your burger or the last bite of your slice of pie or whatever it is you're handing, that dude is going to take that plate right out from underneath <laughs> you, hand you your check, and shove you towards the door. <laughs> it is just My it is incredibly – it is awesome. And the food is amazing. So I would highly recommend the Apple Panda – uh, anybody that's looking for a good burger, there's a bunch of uh, Mexican food here. You, you really can't go wrong. Um, there's a bunch of places. Uh, and then down where I am, there's places that, that I could tell you that I really like going down here. Like there's a place called Casanova here that I absolutely love, a little Italian place. It's next to an Albertson, so I know it sounds like super shady, but it's awesome. Um, great martinis. I don't know if you guys are, are into that kind of thing. I have a feeling you might be. Yeah. Um, they are <laughs> knock you into the back of your seat martinis um it's a great spot so th those are the ones that pop to mind all well, right uh mentioning albertson's that's a great segue we're uh <laughs> we always ask our guests what's the what what's the grocery store scene like in southern california i, I, I know i know albertson's is big i imagine safeway is probably big down there it's bonds down here i think bonds, safeway okay. owns bonds but okay. it's the uh it's bonds and then there used to be this kind of JV version knockoff bonds called John's. It was super <laughs> JV. Um, the, the, I, I think I've been into John's once when I was selling back in my copier days. I'm like, I need to get a Coke or something. I, and I thought it was a bonds and I walked in there and I don't even think they had Coke. It was like off brand, like RC Cola. I'm like, what, what, where am I? Is this like bizarro bonds or whatever it is? So I don't know if that's still there, but you know, it changed that. What do we got here? We've got Stater Brothers. We've got Albertsons. Um, Whole Foods. And it says which, it says Vons is owned by Albertsons as well. It's a, oh, okay. It's a so there you go. So they own yeah. both of them. They're giving them my money both ways. There's Whole Foods, which I don't know if there are any arguments to my household that are more heated than when my wife comes back with a bunch of bags of Whole Foods. It drives me insane. Oh, well, let's break that down. There was, we just had we one had, open. Like we have a week a and Whole half Foods ago. that opened down the road. Yeah. And it's... it's you, and Randy's single, so I'm, I'm like, dude, Randy, you just need it's, to go it's hang the out new, over there. Right. It's it's the new place to meet people. <laughs> it's a shooting gallery. Yeah, yeah you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I, it's just so it's the food's good. The, the, the everything about it is fine, except for it's just outrageously expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. Like you come back, you get a bag of apples. It's like, wait, why? Why is a bag of apples fourteen dollars? Yeah. There's six apples in here. This, this is insane. Um, you know, and then she'd come in, well, you can get Chinese food and there's pizza and they go over here and they'll cut you some, you know, French cheese that's $43 an ounce. It's like, what, what are, what are you, just go to Albertsons. They have craft stuff up there. It's fine. They, you, know, you can get, you can get a bottle of, uh, uh, Budweiser there. You can't, I don't know. It's just, it's insane. 
that place is, and, and and that's one of her favorite go-tos for, for dinner. Hey, why don't we just go to Whole Foods and grab something? Like, no, let's go out to a restaurant. We'll spend half as much than going grocery shopping for ourselves. Nuts. I went to Whole Foods last night. Uh, it is, it's popping for dinner though. It's, yeah. it, it is. It, it, so do you have an Amazon Prime account? Like, do you, you cause I, yeah. I went there the other day, uh, got dinner, got all this stuff to, to, uh, the shrimp to grill out all the, you know, all this stuff. And I don't, I've never, I, so I, I realized a couple months ago, I've never once purchased anything off Amazon before. Not by choice. I've just never had an Amazon account. And my wife gets uh-huh. stuff on Prime all the time. But she was like, wait, we have a family account with Amazon Prime. And you like, you don't, you, you went to Whole Foods and didn't use that? And she was like, you literally would have saved like $60 off of this, <laughs> this thing. And sure enough, I added it up. And yeah, I would have. <laughs> yeah. Does, does, does your Whole Foods have the bar in there too? Is that going on? I think it does. It's it's a little. I'm so overwhelmed, vid, or, you know, yeah, the, and the vids yeah. going on. So I, I'm not sure if they've fully, uh, you know, yeah, opened they, they, everything they yet. Down. I mean, I, I'm yeah, trying they, to think if there's this, a bar or not. I I don't. They had a they have a really cool wine and beer bar in the one near my house. I don't think they we have really that. Yeah, no, I don't think we do. Both wine and beer, and it was like, when it first opened, it was like a place to go. And like, hey, we're going <laughs> to the grocery store to grab a beer. That seems weird. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Not gonna lie, expensive, but but nice. Probably a great place for singles like Randy I, too. I, you know, I went in last night and I got. I was going for because they. I had a, a coupon, you know, grand opening, <laughs> one of the coupons. So I wanted to, you know, use that and get a get a look around. And I was completely overwhelmed. I I think I was disappointed. They are so heavy on their own store brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stuff that like they don't carry the one I like they don't have Jif peanut butter. Like, well, I don't all think I want so Jif organic, no, no. though either. Oh no. But <laughs> not only do they only push their own brands, but the brands that aren't theirs are brands you've never heard of. Unless yeah. it's beer or wine, there is nothing you're going to recognize. Absolutely. At least I I mean I I didn't know a single thing other than the liquor. You can't go there as your Regular supermarket. You only go there so, for produce, okay. fish. Uh, I think Fresh Market has a better, like Fresh Market or the local butcher has a better beef case or, or you know, meat case. And then their wine selection is pretty good too. Well, yeah. I like too. They like a good place to get like a soup and salad. Yeah, yeah it's right. A good like, deli, yeah. We're not. We're we're low on those options over here. Um, <laughs> uh, question for you. So so you grew up in in Southern California. Did your parents grow mm-hmm. up in Southern California? My mom did. Uh, my mom's from here. She grew up uh, yeah, on the west side, by right by Riviera, as a matter of fact. Um, my dad grew up in Oregon. My dad grew up in uh, Salem, Oregon. Okay. I'm always fascinated by like how, how people's families initially got to Los Angeles and that area. And it seems like it, it would have been the nicest place to live ever back in, you know, back when like before traffic and all that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, my grandparents, my, my mom's dad was from the South. He was from Mississippi. He moved out here to go to SC and stayed. Uh, my grandmother was from Chicago, came out here to go to SC and stayed. They raised their family here. And then when my mom and dad met up at Oregon, uh, my mom went to school at Oregon, and then they moved back to LA and they were basically here until I graduated from high school. And then they bounced around since then. They're in Santa Barbara now. And then how do you, going, going back to USC, UCLA, uh, First of all, how how is UCLA's athletic department such a mess? Well, to be fair, USC's has kind of been a mess (laughs) too. I want to give USC their their fair their fair due. 
Well, look, I mean, who amongst us hasn't photoshopped their kid's head on a crew athlete and attempt to get him a scholarship that they haven't deserved? I wasn't, I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't even intimating we, that. I was just going back to like hiring Jim Mora of all people or. Oh, uh, well, you know. yeah, okay. So that, that's interesting. First of all, Jim Mora was doing okay. He had one bad year and they sacked him. And then since then, Chip Kelly's done jack shit. So yeah. I, I don't, Dan, to answer your question, I don't know why they can't get that right. What, what UCLA is really good at well, they got is Mick everything. Too, which blows my <laughs> yeah. mind. Sorry. I, like, that was such a of weird hire people. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ben Howland was a weird Cincinnati one, guy. Yeah. yeah he was ben, a- ben did a great job. Ben was the yeah. assistant at Santa Barbara when I was there. So okay. I, got, I got to spend a little time with him and got to know him. He, you know, he took him to the final, what did he do, final four, four years in a row or something crazy like that. Um, and then they fired him. I mean, it's just it's bananas. I've never understood – why they can't have a, a football team that wins more games. Um, I, I don't know. They're good at everything that isn't those two things. Like they're good at baseball. They're good at softball yeah. and track and swimming and tennis and all, all of the, the Olympic sports they, they, they dominate in, but they cannot get that football program right. I don't know. Cause it, it, to me, it would seem like a great job. And every time I hear Dan Guerrero's name, I just think of, the Rome bit with uh, when uh, Pedro, Pedro Guerrero. Guerrero. She's selling drugs with Pedro with Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, no, I don't want the Trojans to escape because I think yeah. Pat Hayden was was up to some, you know, I, he may have been asleep at the wheel. I, have, yeah, Sarkeesian. Like they, yeah. They've made a number of questionable hires over there as well. Well, they did that deadly thing that, you know, Alabama did it for a long time until they finally stopped doing it with Nick Saban. They keep trying to find the guy that worked for the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they kept trying to find, okay, who worked for Pete Carroll? Who worked for Pete Carroll? Ooh, Sarkeesian worked for Pete Carroll. Go get him. Bomb. Ooh, Glenn Kiffin worked for Pete Carroll. Go get him. Bomb. And then they finally, you know, Clay Helton just kind of stumbled in there. They had Ed Orgeron who was the interim coach, won a bunch of games, and because he talks like Cookie Monster, they didn't want that guy showing up at country clubs as the USC football coach, so they said, no, get out of here. And with Clay Helton, who's a really nice guy, but they don't win, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the people that are in charge there make the decisions that they make, but USC should never be bad at football. UCLA should never be bad at basketball, and it happens way too often. And then, I mean, USC got to Tim Floyd as the – they're getting all sorts yeah. of nonsense there too. huh? And then, yeah, I mean uh, – the, the, like the Pac-12 in general just seems like it's kind of a mess. Well, it's your boy Larry, Larry Scott. Scott and, yeah, that's your boy. You know, just hemorrhaging money. <laughs> they're they're building those wow. markets in China. That's what they. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Are there a lot of Oregon State fans in China? <laughs> yeah. you know, I, a, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm a West Coast guy. I'm a Pac-12 guy. Um, I root for the Pac-12 teams when they, you know, bowl games and all that kind of stuff. But. Yeah. They, 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 they are very clearly the least relevant of the Power Five conferences when it comes to this kind of stuff because every time there's a decision to be made about, okay, do you, do you go with Wisconsin or do you go with uh, you know, Oregon or, or Stanford, the, the, the pack always gets left in the dust. Well, um, uh, do you know what was in or is in Arcadia, California? No. Travis's hometown? Santa Anita. Well, well yeah. yeah. I'm, let's go to the complete opposite end of that spectrum. Another an, an, another uh, destination is the Los Angeles County Arboretum. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how many times have you visited that? Okay. So the Arboretum was exactly one street over from the house I grew up in. So it, there, the Arboretum in L.A. has peacocks. And they're not, you know, there's no roof on the Arboretum, so they can come and go as they please. They fly. And so our Peacocks entire neighborhood. Fly? 
Yeah, they don't fly for very long, but they can fly. They can fly maybe 100 yards before they land again. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and so, but, so our entire neighborhood is lousy with peacocks. They're just walking around the streets. You, you have to stop your car so they can just, and they just kind of strut across looking at you like, yeah, I know you're not allowed to touch me. <laughs> and they just kind of walk around the neighborhood and they make this horrible, horrible screeching sound. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very familiar with the Arboretum. When I was, a, when I was like in seventh grade, we used to sneak over the fence and go, and we, you know, you buy those little crummy fishing poles at like uh, Toys R Us or whatever, the grocery store, the little the toy ones, right? Yeah. We used to go in there and pull these giant carp and catfish oh, you, out of their you ponds. Were, you were getting we, the koi and the, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. We, I mean, we, we, yeah, we just go over there and it was, these things were, so you just put a little piece of corn on the end and just the line couldn't have been in the water 10 seconds before you would have a fish. It just every single time. Oh, uh. All right, question for you that's kind of it's Southern California re relevant. How, all right, I was having dinner the other night with uh, Danny Woodhead, who's become a good friend. He spent some time in San Diego playing for the Chargers. And mm -hmm. we got on the subject of zoos somehow. And he was talking okay. shit about the San Diego Zoo. I thought that was always the, the, the mod, like that like was the zoo. The zoo in the country. And he was yeah. like, no, it was the most overrated zoo he's ever been to. And he was, he was crowing well, about the Omaha Zoo. <laughs> I, I have never had the pleasure of the Omaha Zoo, so I can't speak to that. Um, I, I'm weird. Like I don't like watching animals trapped in cages, just looking like they want to kill themselves. It kind of bumps me. That's out. fair. I, I, I really the zoo. Like when my kids were real little, we'd go to the zoo every once in a while, and every time I'm like, Susan, let's get yeah. out of here, man. This that lion just looks so miserable. Can we? I don't. I, I feel bad staring at him. He's looking at me like I should put him out of his misery. I hate the zoo, but the. Uh, the San Diego Zoo sucks for one particular reason. It's built on the it's built on like the side of a mountain, and it's the hilliest damn thing in the world. You feel like you've climbed Mount Everest if you've spent two hours walking around the damn San Diego Zoo. It's a workout. It's insane. <laughs> oh my god, I love that take. Uh, the Columbus Zoo is really good too because that was that's the house Jack Hanna. But Jack Hanna's so thirsty. Well, I know, but well, that was the dude that was on uh, Carson all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? What what other Southern California? How's the new stadium? You like it? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, so we're not allowed in for bid. Um, so we got a tour. I so I'll back up a little bit. I got to take a tour of the site about three years ago. And basically what it was was a giant hole in the ground with a few like concrete retain, uh, retaining walls. And that's all it was and dump trucks and cranes and all that stuff. Fast forward another year and about, I don't know, maybe 40% of the stadium or so had been built, but it was just the, 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 the bones of it, the concrete. It, nothing was finished and it all exposed pipes and all these sorts of things. And then I finally went back about a month ago um, to take a tour of it. Um, and it is the most stunning thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I kind of had an idea of what it was going to look like. They, they show you these presentations mm -hmm. as they're going through the process of building it. Um, I had no idea it was going to look. It, it, it felt like you, you walk in. It's kind of weird because it's, it's, a, it's sunk into the ground. As, as you park your car and walk into the building, you walk in on like the sixth level. The, the field is a good 70 feet below you when you walk into the, the stadium. Um, so that's kind of a trip. And there's all these atriums around. It's beautiful. There's a ton of trees and the, the roof because it's that 
plastic stuff. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, there's a more like fancy name. Totally for it, translucent. So the, <laughs> exactly. So that it feels like you're outside, even though you're not outside. But the wind is coming in from the sides because the sides are all open, and it feels like you stepped into a video game. It's like playing Madden. It's like turning on your TV and looking at a video game simulation of what a stadium will look like. Only it's really right there in front of you. That's, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I cannot wait for the people in this city to get a chance to go see it because I literally had absolutely nothing to do with it other than I got to walk through it and I felt like I had some pride of ownership and I want everybody to see it. It's extraordinary. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Like I'm, I'm totally keen to see it because the new one in Atlanta, I was pretty disappointed with, like, it's just Mm kind of dark and it's cavernous, but it feels super impersonal. And and this one feels like you know from the the way it's sunken into the ground and the way the roof works and everything it looks fantastic. I can't wait to get out there. So, I went to the one in Atlanta when the Rams were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And what you just said, Tron, is exactly right. That it's dark, right? It just mm-hmm. it feels like it's it's midnight, even though it's two o'clock outside. It was a really weird dynamic. It's kind of cool and it's huge, but it felt dark and kind of. Uh, I don't know, foreboding. It just it, yeah. it wasn't super light and airy and fun. And SoFi is light and airy and fun. It, it yeah. feels like you're outside. You are outside. It just happens to have like a canopy over it. Um, and it's, it's bright daylight. There's obviously lights in it. Um, Cause they're going to do final fours and all this other stuff in it. But it's, it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. It is. I mean, it costs $5 billion to build, so it should be nice. And it, they, they got it right. They spent the money in the right spot. That's yeah. for sure. Well, I need to get out there. Sean McVay was my quarterback in high school, and then uh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's and he's still the. I mean, he's he, he's about a, as nice a guy as, as you would ever meet, and he, I don't think he's changed one bit as far as he is. And, and was he that intense in high school? Yes. That, uh, I I yeah. sat with him. Yeah, I don't know five or six different times, and he just when he looks at you, he burns a hole through you. He's the most intense dude I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah. He's he's totally present anytime he talks to you. He's always been like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a perfect word. Yeah. Perfect word. Is our guy Sam Sloman going to make it? I don't feel good about it. Um, so they signed Kai Forbath today, so oh. I don't like his chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like uh, old Sam's chances. When you miss the first kick of every game that you play, that's uh, it's not going to fill your coach with a ton of confidence. Yeah. That happened a few hours ago. They signed up for it. I haven't officially cut Sam yet, but uh, I don't like his odds. Do you see? Do you foresee the uh, the three headed monster at running back kind of working itself out, or do you think it'll always be committee the rest of the year? No, I think it's Daryl Henderson's gig. Yeah, I, he's been the best one. He he's been phenomenal. Um, Cam Akers got hurt in like the second game and hasn't kind of come back and looked like the guy that we saw for a few carries in the first game and then the early part of the second game. Um, Malcolm Brown's been here a long time. He's an odd mm. random note. He He's one of only like five or six Rams that actually was on the team in St. Louis that's still here in L.A. Um, and he's fine. He, he's a durable guy. He's a tough guy. He gets you some hard yards. But he's, he's not going to be a guy that carries the ball 15 or 20 times a game. That's Henderson. Henderson's really, really good. He's little, but he's, he's a tank. He's, mm-hmm. he's a good football player. I think he'll get the gig. Cool. Is golf, uh, you feel good about golf? Yeah. <laughs> um, some days. Uh, I, I think he, Jared Goff, I think, falls into the category that most NFL quarterbacks fall into, and he's the best version of what I'm about to say. If you give him the tools to succeed, he will succeed. And what I mean is if you give him time and if you give him people to throw the ball to, he's going to do a really good job. But if you 
have any pressure on him. He struggles. And if he had guys that were less talented than Todd Gurley and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and some of the guys that he plays with, I wonder. He has a lot of really, really uh, good weapons around him. I know you guys spoke to Andrew Whitworth. Goff's game changed yeah. when Whitworth came to this team. Before then, he was running for his life. He was getting his ass kicked every single time he dropped back. And when Whitworth showed up, that stopped happening, and he became infinitely better. I think I think Goff's a younger uh, version of Matt Ryan with a bigger arm. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, and look, I mean, Matt Ryan won an MVP. Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. So if, that, if that's what he is, that's not yeah. all bad. I mean, put it to you this way. We, look at what's going on with Baker Mayfield right now. He might suck. Right, I mean, it, it's it's more likely that Baker Mayfield sucks than he's going to be any good, and he was the number one pick, so it, it happens. Sometimes that number one pick or second or whatever, Sam Darnold is on the fence of being a bum. Josh Rosen is on the fence of being a bum. Jared Goff's not a bum. So at the worst case scenario, you got a guy who's going to be your quarterback for ten or twelve years. That's a pretty good pick. I feel like the contract it, it's getting better and better now that you see some of these other contracts that are being signed, or what Dak's looking for, or the Mahomes contract. Like some of these, you know it. It, it felt like a lot more at the time than what it feels like now. And I don't know if that's... I agree. I, I, I agree 100%. I thought when he signed this, like, whoa, dude, that Jared Goff gets more money than any other quarterback in the league. And then you kind of have that moment, okay, it's his turn. This is how it works. The next guy will get what Goff got plus another, you know, $2 million, and then $2 million after that and $2 million after that. So, like you said, it's going to get better. And he's fine. I mean, he's, he's, he's not going to do what Russell Wilson does, which is win the game by himself. He's not going to do what Patrick Mahomes does, win the game by himself. But how many guys in the league can do that? Like three? Yeah. So if he's, that he's not that doesn't mean that he's, he's a bum. It's just that sometimes he, he gets sloppy. He was, I thought he played pretty poorly on Sunday night, but he's a good quarterback. I thought the Van Jefferson draft pick was interesting. Out of we haven't seen him a lot. Yeah. Do, do you know, have you gotten to see him play a lot of Florida? I didn't see much. Of I him. saw him play a couple of times in Florida, uh, particularly in the, in the, uh, Chick fil A bowl game against Michigan. I was there for that, but and I was, I was impressed. Like he's exactly like, he kind of reminds me of a younger version of Robert Woods um, as far as you oh, know, that, well, very that, yeah. precise route runner and physical blocking downfield. So I'm curious to see how he develops over the year. Yeah, they a, haven't thrown him the ball a lot so far. Yeah, Tron's a big Brandon Cooks guy. Ugh, no, I'm not. That's, that's categorically false. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, Brandon Cooks is in a very small category of athletes that I've ever watched where I've been worried about their personal safety. First of all, he's small. And he's nebbish. Dude, we, we call him nebbish. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I he's, felt about C.D. Lamb last night, too. I hadn't really watched C.D. Lamb play, and I was like, man, this dude is skinny. Yes, yes. And, and every time he gets hit, it seems like he gets a concussion. And I'm just okay, you can you can only get so many concussions before – this isn't going to work anymore. Never mind the guy's personal safety moving. I mean, I, that's up to him, I guess. But every time Brandon Cooks was throwing the football, I'm like, please get up, please get up, please get up. He, I'm just afraid the dude's going to get killed out there. He's tough. He's fast. Yeah. But I, I was, I'm with you. I, I'm not the world's biggest Brandon Cooks fan. It's like Jordan Reed. Same thing with him. Every time, you know, you're like, God, is he yeah. going to get up? <laughs> so Who are, well, you, who are your favorite? Sure. Uh, go ahead. I was just I was, when we were talking about guys getting up when Aaron Donald jumped on Alex Smith back a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Alex Smith's gonna die. Yeah, like he just got back out there. That was his first game, and Aaron Donald's trying to break him in half. I was terrified for that guy. Yeah, Don and Donald just keeps getting better and better. I mean, he's, you know, like they're throwing triple teams at him now, and he's still he's still dominating. It's crazy. I've never, yeah, I, I've I've never seen a dude 
be that much better than other pros in my life. Like there are great, like LeBron's a great player, but Kevin Durant's kind of close to LeBron, right? And, and there are some other guys that are at least in the same ballpark, maybe not over as long a period of time, but there are guys that are close to what LeBron James does now. There's nobody within 100 miles of what Aaron Donald does. It's bananas. He's, he's so strong and so fast and just unbelievable leverage that he has. He's, he's an incredibly fun guy to watch play. I, I, you know, I watch football like a fan. I'm just watching where the ball goes and seeing what's going on in touchdowns. I'm not a super sophisticated football viewer, but I find myself getting stuck just watching that guy because he's picking up 330-pound guys and throwing them out of the way like they're little kids in the pool. It's, it's insane. I've, ne- I've never seen a guy that strong and fast, ever. Anybody on the Rams that you th- that that is is developing, or you've kind of like you know, kind of a project that you've got your eye on that you're excited to see over the next year oh, or two? The, yeah, the, he's hurt right now, but he got off to a great start. He won the starting job as a rookie coming out of camp, being a late draft pick. So that I mean, you, you're going to get a starter as a rookie if he's a high draft pick, but usually they're going to put him in some spots where maybe they're not super exposed. But Jordan Fuller from Ohio State mm-hmm. is amazing. That, that dude's like a 10-year pro, and he's in his first year. He, he's hurt right now. I think it's his shoulder right now. Um, but the Rams look different without him already, and he's only played a handful of games for him. I think he's going to be amazing. Ohio State, man, they churn out good pros, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, I have to you know, begrudgingly give them that. They got, that they, got, they got another corner that's up there this year that's going to be high draft pick. But, yeah, I mean, Snead needs to hit on those – fourth, fifth, sixth rounders just because it seems like their MO is to deal away anything with even remote well, value. Like, yeah. like like we're here in Jacksonville and we're loading up on, you know, we're all loaded for 2021 picks even too because because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. I was going to say, yeah, they gave away what, the two picks for Jalen Ramsey. They gave away a, a first-round pick to get Brandon Cooks. They gave away a first-round pick to get Sammy Watkins. They gave away a whole bunch of first-round picks to get Jared Goff, but they're getting good players, mm-hmm. and like you said, they're pretty good at identifying useful starting players, if not even a little bit more than that, um, in the later rounds. They, they, they've done a really good job. They're, they're a well-run team. They've, they've, they've been a really pleasant surprise since coming to L.A. I've really enjoyed doing work with those guys. Yeah. They're fantastic. John Johnson. I always I always enjoy watching John Johnson, the third play, too. He's just physical. He's he, he gets personal. hurt a little bit, but he's, he's really good. Yeah. So... I, that's, I mean, unless you want to just talk more Rome bits, I could do that for the next five hours. I, don't, I mean, I, no. I'm glad we what kept the golf got? tour. I, I feel like I feel, yeah. I feel like we've thoroughly covered all of yeah. Southern California. Otherwise, um, I, I can't imagine anything we've missed. <laughs> no, I think we we've got a pretty good lay of the land. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Travis, we'll we'll let you go. It's it's probably about your bedtime here. Um, no. <laughs> thank you uh thank you so much for for taking the time and uh yeah we'll have to sometime when we get out to southern california we'll have to tee it up i was just gonna say i i uh i definitely want to do that um i i read i know when you when you sent me the note on on twitter the other day when when it popped up into my dm i'm like wait really (laughs) like like the the no laying up guy like really I i was so excited to do it so i uh I'm thrilled. Thank you very much for having me. Please ask me to do it again, and if, we'll talk about whatever you want: grocery store, Rome pits, whatever. It's uh, it's been it's been awesome, and uh, yeah, let's play. The next time you guys come out here, um, we'll, we'll definitely hook it up. Absolutely, awesome. And and get that get that podcast fired up. All right, I, I need oh, well, I, I need that if if only for me. Do you, 
Put it to you this way. Maybe the no laying up guys want to expand their horizon and have just some idiot making stupid noises <laughs> over on the side on his podcast and I can get on your guys' platform. Perfect. Let's talk about that. That's perfect. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Travis. Thanks, we'll ya. talk to you. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. See ya. Bye. Trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who 